This episode of the Option Podcast, episode 34, is brought to you by NY Varsity Sports, uh, watching me, watching you. It's also brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. Uh, come play with us. Also brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball. For people that are going to AVP first, that are going to AAUs, looking for someone to train because you can't bring all your coaches with you, we have the best coaches in the world, certainly the United States. Uh, um, we have international coaches. We have coaches from the East Coast. We have coaches from the West Coast. Pompilio, Rob McLean, Jeff Samuels, Jeremy Casebeer, and yours truly, Jason DeBeas, a family that plays together stays together get ready we got chris chips coming up and the episode starts right now <laughs> there he is lucifer son of the morning i'm going to chase you all to earth. Yourself, you know? come on now boy there Let's is go. nothing like good reggae <laughs> to go with the, you know, to go with the little breakfast. <laughs> that I've learned my whole life, Jason, is that when you put it on, people have their stories in songs. And reggae artists will you know, sing their songs. It's 11-11, so this is perfect, by the way. <laughs> um, reggae you know, artists will sing songs like about sleeping with their head on a rock being happy about the food that they have in their mouth. So it's a nice, when you put that on, you like, it takes you away, you know, from all the little, they're like, oh, I'm just happy to have sleep with my head on a rock in a warm day. You know, those are the type of things that we all have to remember. And that's why I love reggae so much. It calms you down. It brings you to a place. You see that your problems aren't that bad compared to everybody else. Yeah. Let me tell you something. As a guy from Brooklyn, grew up in Brooklyn, New York, I appreciate all forms of reggae. You've been in New York to long enough to know what a, what dance what the dance hall is yes, and, and what, the bong, <laughs> what the bong reggae is. Those yeah. basement parties, my brother. <laughs> We're all about that life. Um Listen, speaking of all about that life, before the podcast started, we were talking about um we were talking about something called the Twiv podcast. And um yes. and I want you the floor is yours. I want you to bring it in. I just lost your picture. I just lost your picture, Chris. All right, hey, for everybody waiting for us, it's Chris Chips. Just trying to make this happen. Let's do that. Let's do that. Oh, he's back. Sorry about that. Uh, volume. I don't know if that was There it is. Or... Boom. This is the first time I've ever used this Zoom thing. Hey, listen, Chris and I are both rookies with Zoom. I made all I made every single one of these errors <laughs> a week and a half ago. So so guys listening to us, this is um pre-recorded, so we get to chop out whatever we want, <laughs> including what I'm saying right now. Chris, okay. let's um bring everybody up to speed on what the Twib podcast is and and the importance of of uh, the podcast during this 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 critical climate we're in. Sure. Um, I was introduced to it's a TWIV uh, this week in virology. Um, it's uh, a podcast that is uh, put out by a professor at Columbia University. Um, he's been doing it, I think, about 12 years. Uh, and um, for the past 15 episodes or so, they've been talking about uh, COVID SARS um, and 
and they kind of break down. It's, it's really heavy, I must admit. Um, it's hard to keep up, uh, but they really break down um, what's going on with this virus, what they know about it, what they don't know about it. Um, you know, they go over people's questions and answers and they take in uh, information from all, all different aspects, people that are working in this industry um, and their point of views. Uh, they, they discuss it, how it relates to science, uh, how it relates to our future, how it relates to everyday, um, you know, activities that you're having. So it's really, it's really incredible to hear uh, scientists that have studied viruses for, you know, I think he's been at Columbia University since uh, early 80s. And uh, um, he's, you know, uh, he's been published many times, the, the head of it. Uh, and it's just incredible to hear these guys that are, and women and, you know, anybody involved that are taking the information that's out there, processing it for you, and then telling you, listen, this is what we think, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. Um, this is the educated guesses that we have. Let's go find, you know, better um, opinions. Let's go find more information. Let's find the, you know, other people that are dealing with this on a daily basis. Let's go to doctors on the front line. Let's talk to people across the country. Let's hear how people are hearing. And all experts, all with specialties in this, and it's just amazing to hear real people talk about real things instead of hearing projections and conjectures of people that are like, Oh, five, four, three, two, one, this is going to be gone. Herd immunity. That's the way to go. That's the way I think it's supposed to be this, that, and the other. Everybody has a fucking opinion right now because they have 10 seconds of time to look at a headline and then they make their own personal opinion about that headline. Um, so this is just a nice way of saying, okay, these are all the headlines that are going on, but let's really talk about the realness of this virus, where it came from, how, how it you know, came to us, uh, what are the things that are going on in the industry to you know, help for the future, um, what can be done, what can't be done. Uh, they talk about you know, vaccinations and what does that mean and how long that's going to be. And they're always... And they always, you know, preface everything. They're like, you know, if we don't know, we don't know. There's no absolute. In fact, they said the other day on the, on the podcast, it's like, if your doctor tells you that this is the absolute thing, he's like, go find another doctor. Because <laughs> in science, you don't know, you know, you, you think you know. That's my favorite um, line, dude, by the way. <laughs> no, but, uh, but you don't always know. And then, and, and, and sometimes things change, you know, mm -hmm. both. We can see it in temperature. We can see how the world, you know, uh, revolves and, you know, ecosystems, things change and, and people change and ideas change and directions change. So it was really just very, very, you know, relaxing almost. Uh, it's a two hour podcast, which I know scares the shit out of uh, people's time and energy and, and if they can follow it and whatnot, I, I totally get that. But normally what I do is I throw it on, my wife throws it on. Uh, turn off the TV, turn off Fox, turn off uh, CNN, turn off anybody that has an opinion that isn't, you know, based on years and years of studying this. And, and uh, opinion should be, you know, uh, said, but they also should be uh, prefaced by saying, this isn't absolute. This is what I'm thinking. This is what we're thinking. This is what we should, I think we should be doing. Um, and that's what these these scientists do. Um, you know, they're they're not just doctors; they're doctors of the specific um, so, field. 
Yeah, exactly. So I it's mean, not like, talk oh, about he's wheelhouse. a doctor yeah. and they just want to poke people up for no fucking reason and make the $30,000 and taking a new person in for COVID and this is all a scam. With the No, this has nothing to do with this. These are guys that study viruses and women, excuse me. They don't, there's not, I mean, I'd like to say be, that they don't have enough hours in their day to get involved in this this lefty righty bullshit. No, they they they. You, I mean, at some point they've already. My guess is what's what's going on. Particularly one of the doctors I was listening to before, Doctor Griffin. Mm -hmm. Um, God, what yeah. was his name? Uh, um, gosh darn, he was yeah, really good. First name. Yeah, yes. he's um in New York, New York City. Doctor Doctor, this guy. He has to find time to sleep. He's not gonna. I mean, and when you're when you're balls deep. And like you said, infectious diseases and studying it and understanding and conferring with other people and responding to emails and coming up, coming up with answers to the best of your ability. You don't give a fuck about this lefty, this Democrat, Republican bullshit. I mean, what? I mean, and these um, remember we had this conversation before we got on the podcast. It was yesterday that there are levels to this. Yes. It's okay to have an opinion without someone vilifying you for it. I'll give you an example of a different level and you're going to laugh and you're going to laugh again because I talked about this yesterday. Someone makes a steak. I think it tastes like liver. Someone's going to come up to me and be like, are you a chef? Then shut the fuck up. You're, you're not a chef. No, 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 no. You don't need to be a chef to know what steak tastes like. Why? Because you've had steak. All right. There's that level. Yeah. All right. Um, there's a visual level, knowing what you see. If you see someone wearing a badge and a gun and he's driving his car with blue and red lights, it's safe to assume he's a cop. That guy driving the big red truck with the Dalmatian. Listen, Probably on Halloween, unless it's Halloween, <laughs> unless it's Halloween and he's a very good dresser, you can assume he's a fireman. There's levels Agreed. to that. But this COVID thing where you're looking for, um, where the concentration is infectious disease and how it transfers and different strains and, and levels we don't understand. It is very, very unfair to, to Tune in to your favorite show, albeit Fox News, albeit CNN, albeit NBC, MSNBC, even BBC, um, and look at one doctor that you're, you're, you're like, that guy's a professional. I'm not going to argue with a professional. He's a professional going on CNN. You, he is being paid by CNN to talk about uh, to talk about infectious diseases. Okay, this is why you and I we look at every 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 news station and we have different doctors. We have medical professionals giving different opinions, People opposite opinions. They all Please. think, especially I get the reactions all the time. They're like, oh, you're such a Democrat. You know, yeah, I registered as a Democrat. I'll, I'll be the first to say that recently, actually, is the first <laughs> time even... ever in my life, the last election. Um, I think you like democratic I, values. I like democratic, I, some I don't, democratic I mean, values, I, I, not all. Look, we had um, shitty Democrats, okay? Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not against any sort of Republican uh, idea, as long as it's for the common good and as long as we move forward in our society with it. Um, I'm not gonna shoot somebody because somebody down because they are, they believe a different thing or look at something in a different way. That's that's for you to decide. I'm not I'm not here to make those decisions. But you know when when any any party is putting out uh, shit information, CNN or Fox or whatever it is. But you using know, doctors to do it, Chris. 
they're using doctors to do it. That's, I know, that's, because they, that's they, the they, issue right now. Well, the thing is, is because, and we talked about this yesterday, it's the lack of a go- coordinated government response. And I just had a, and that, that allows all this to happen, this whole fucking chaos to happen. Okay. And I just had a conversation yesterday, besides with you, <laughs> I had a conversation with a lawyer, a friend of mine who's in Great Neck, Long Island. Okay. Now talk about a bubbled lifestyle. He's, you know, wealthy guy, does very well. Um, <laughs> Great Neck, Long Island. I mean, come on. <laughs> So he's like, I don't understand why you're saying that everybody's, you know, not doing this shit and that the president's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's like, I just don't get it because everybody around here is wearing their their gloves and their masks and whatever. What else could he have done? I said, well, that's not the case here in Oregon at all. And I said, and this is what I'm trying to point out to people. And then I started realizing I said, oh, OK, I, I, I got to take that understanding also when I'm when I'm, you know, projecting out these things. You know, different parts of the United States are different. I totally get that, you know, and we and he's like, yeah, well, around here, everybody's social distancing. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's you know, trying to do all this stuff. And I said, well, that's not the same here in Oregon. I said, in fact, it's pretty much opposite. Uh, I would say about 95 percent of the people aren't wearing a mask or gloves or anything. And this has been going on all the way through this whole lockdown. Uh, which was a government issued lockdown you know it was for the states to then carry it out but it was mandated originally through the government so you would assume that people would at least listen to the government if they're you know waving flags and banners and saying that they trust somebody to make a judgment because they're present you would assume that they would then once but they didn't i'm an essential worker i i own a dispensary um i had to be there every single day almost in the first week we're, de- um, we're definitely going to talk sure. about that too. But, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I had a couple of people that were sick and out. Uh, we weren't sure if it was COVID or not. Um, so, you know, we did every uh, protocol that we possibly could. And then I went overboard. I bought, you know, all the PPE that was needed early when I heard that Wuhan was, uh, they're building a, you know, that hospital there in China. I decided to go out and make sure that, you know, I was prepared at least for my staff. And for my customers to make sure that everybody was safe as much as I could understand it from the information that I was getting, um, and and when you when you know that the government has put an order like this, and it's in the first week, and I'm at Home Depot, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, this this seventy year old and his wife that are in line are definitely not essential workers, and the twenty eight year old kid with his wife and the little kid in their hand are definitely not essential workers. None of them are wearing masks. None of them are socially distancing. Um, you, you start looking around and you say, what, you know, what is the problem here? Why aren't people understanding that this will help save lives um, and, and hopefully bring, return our lives back faster? Because, you know, once you quarantine and, you know, you pull people to the side and you test and, you know, you retest and, there's a coordinated effort and we're seeing it in other countries, actually, almost every other country where there's a coordinated effort from the government. Um, you know, the rates are going down like this, you know, we're like this still basically. Uh, and we're teetering like this because of different things opening up and not. So it just, it, when I saw this, I started saying, okay, what are the root of this problem? And the root is there's no coordinated effort from the government. And is that me? Yeah, sorry. Um, and, and I say this, 
and I'm going to use an example that I keep on using uh, and it's worked out really well. The example I told you yesterday of like a, a, a college uh, and I say college football because they're a little fucking crazy compared to the NFL. NFL, they're a little bit older and people, you know, but college yeah. people like ah, stripping off their shirts and running around. So if when you go to a college football game, they give you a ticket. Okay. That ticket has a number on it, it has a seat placement and you know exactly where you're going. Right. And then when you get up to the gates, there's like all these little, you know, barrier gate off, you know, places. And it's like cows being herded and we all get herded through the gates. And then we know, okay, here's my ticket. I got to find my way to my seat and sit down. And this is where I'm supposed to be to watch the game. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And it works well. We get 60,000, a hundred thousand people to come into a stadium and they all convert in there and there's no problems and people are pretty, you know, sociable until they get drunk and they start fighting. Um, but in general, it's an, it's, it's like every game easy, is spring break, <laughs> exactly. but it's, but in general, it's an easy uh, way of, you know, presenting something to people so that they can understand it. They're like, Oh, my, my seat's here and I have to wait in line to get in through here. Now, what I've been saying to everybody, what happens if you don't give them a ticket and, and so they don't have it, excuse me, you give them a ticket and there has no seat number on it, okay? And then you say there's one door and it's right over there and it opens at 7 o'clock and the game starts. It's, Good luck. It's Black Friday. It's Black Friday. Everybody and their mother is doing this. And then once they get in with a ticket, they don't know where they're sitting. They're fucking scrambling and they're pushing and they're trying to get to the best spot and blah, blah. And that's what we have right now. We don't have you got a two, you got a effort. way you can do it in the in the other way. Yeah, and we and and we don't have a coordinated effort right now. We've got a fucking ticket without a seat on it. And we have no lines set up to get into the gates. So when you have that happening and people are like, "Oh, there's a coordinated effort." Where? I don't see it. I see each state, yeah, Trump pushed it off and he said, "Okay, it's off to the states." And, and I, I want to talk like, about that when you're done. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, well, it's, it's not Trump's fault because he didn't really have the rights to do anything. It was the states and they all made it and it's in the Constitution. Yeah, I get that. But I get a census package from the government. OK, it's actually sitting right. I think we filled it out already. Said that. Anyway, you get those almost every single year. Right. I forget how almost every year, every year we get I a census so, yeah. package and they make it to your your place and you have to fill it out and write all the stuff. Right. And there's no problem with that. Americans do it and they grab it. Yeah, people have their, oh, I don't want to do this. It's big, big people overlooking. But most of the majority of people do it. And so it started dawning on me. I'm like, how come the federal government, yeah, 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 push it off to the states. I get that. But once you make a declaration that the, the country is going to be shut down, why wouldn't you send out a PPE package to every single American with a little brochure next to it and says, this is how you use it. And this is how we're going to go through the, you know, coordinated effort and please go to your state and your County to see the updates as, you know, as they are happening basically. So it's, it's an initial package that's sent to all the Americans so that they have, everybody has a, a mask and everybody has gloves and, you know, whatever else they send in the people plus a little information and, you know, send them some like zinc or something. I don't fucking know, but it's a, it's a package that's given to people. So they understand what you're trying to coordinate and the message you're trying to bring forth in this coordination. Because if you don't do that, and I just realized yesterday as I'm going to bring you back to that lawyer conversation that I started with, is that in places that aren't 
uh, well-educated, let's just put it that way, um, people don't give a shit if they are not told what to do. And if they don't have a ticket with a seat number and aisles put up in front of them to walk through. Um, and I just saw, it. I, I've seen it since day one in COVID, uh, being out there as such a worker going all over the place, you know, people aren't there. They don't know what they're like, Oh, I don't know if this is true. Or if this is not true. CNN saying this, Fox is saying that the president's saying this, uh, doctors are saying that, uh, CDC saying this, there was a guideline, but my, 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 my local government says that's not apparent. And this one says it is, and this one says it could be, and this one says it should be. And that one, and it's just like, everybody has their own fucking opinion on this. Uh, which is fine. Everybody can have an opinion. But when we're trying to make a coordinated effort as a country, you would assume that the government would help in that coordination in some way or another. And and then uh, and people are like, oh, they did. They did. They shut it down and they told people who couldn't fly in from China. That's bullshit. That's not a coordinated effort. That actually makes it back to the people. And then my friend argued, he's like, well, it's the young, exactly. It's like the young guys that are, that are coming after you, you know, because what's happened lately is I'm wearing my mask and my gloves around and I'm trying to be protective of everybody. And I'm still going in and out of shops because I have to for my business. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm in there and people are now, uh, uh, coming up to me in threatening ways. Uh, they're saying things to me. Um, I had, and, and my, my lawyer friends like, Oh dude, come on. Like the young kids are all like, Oh, fuck you. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I had a 70 year old lady the other day who was morbidly obese. I mean, massive lady as she walked through a, it was a true value hardware where everything is like literally this next to you. Like surprise, you surprise. She chose to walk. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Trust me. Anyway, she walks through the place. I move out of the way and I go up, you know, six feet at least away from her. And she goes by and she looks at me and she starts laughing at me. <laughs> I don't believe in all damn mass shit. You know, there's a bunch of crock. You know, I'm not going to, you ain't going to catch me dead in a mask. <laughs> this is what she says to me as she's walking by and she's with one of the store clerks who's also in his 60s and no mask and no nothing. And he's like, yeah, I don't know about this old bullshit. <laughs> shit, shit, blah, blah, blah. It's my town. If I'm going to go work and open up my goddamn bill. It's like, I, I don't even like, understand what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, I'm just trying to social distance to protect myself, to protect my wife, to protect, protect my friends and family and to protect and to protect them because my mask is barely protecting me. Uh, from what, you know, spewing out, but I'm protecting them more than anything. Um, I live in a, in a county that really has high rate. So I don't want to bring my infection into other places if I'm, I'm an A positive person, you know, because sometimes you don't know, you can just pass this stuff like you're passing gas. If you have a good immune system or if your body's set up that way, but you know, and other people don't. You know, that's why people die of any ailment. You know, you just aren't able to fight it through your body and or conventional medicines not working. Mm. So it just, and then the next person that came into the store, as I was paying, you know, there's like no space between me and the, the wall as you're paying, you know? And this dude in his probably late 20s walks in right behind me and almost gives me a shoulder rub up as he's walking by. Almost does, and I, you know, I look. I mean, kind of deliberate because he sees you oh, wearing no. a mask. This is not the first time. This is, and I'll tell you more stories. The fuck is in the so, drinking so he, water over there? Yeah, exactly. So he almost gives me one of the, but he checks that I see him because I turn over to the side and I'm way bigger than this dude, 
And he like, he about to do it. And then he notices that I notice what he's doing. And he like kind of pulls back and kind of almost skims my shirt in the back. He's that close. And he says this as he's going by. He's like, yo, sorry, I'm not social distancing. I don't believe in all that shit. It's all a fucking hoax. And then he gives me a fucking look. And I, I look over at him. And I at this point, I'm about to fucking burst. And so I'm like, you know what? I wear this mask because a lot of people are ignorant. I said, and ignorant is rampant around here. I said, so I'm going to wear this for all the ignorant people. Mm-hmm. I looked at him like, you want to fucking go to blows? Let's go to blows. Like, I'm sick of people making comments to me uh, about being educated about something. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... It's unreal. If you want to make a comment to me, guess what? I've now have a new philosophy. You're going to fucking hear it right back in your fucking face. Come get, if, if they want the, look, if they want the sauce, come get that A1. Like, come, come on. Come get that Are you A1. Kidding me? Like, I'm not going to sit there and just fucking take oh, yeah. it from these people anymore. They're going to hear it. And then, and then the problem is, and what I've noticed a lot on Facebook is that, and, and this is, goes back to the TWIV virology podcast that we were just talking about in the beginning is that when you put up real information where people can actually get educated or have an opinion about real information so that they're educated for their own opinion Mm -hmm. um like the twiv cast i put it up on my facebook i don't know how many times about you know 20 40 times over the past uh three weeks and i i've actually made posts that says just listen to this i i dare you i dare anybody to take the time i did it last night you did it. Let me tell you something. There are other things I could have done last night, but that last night, that one, <laughs> what I chose to do with my, with, um, it was a two hour, 47 minute podcast. And I didn't, I listened to, uh, just over two hours of the two. Yeah. There are other, there are dumber things. <laughs> I'm not trying to say be a productive citizen all, your no. whole life, every single second, but there no. are dumber things I could have chosen to do last night. It was, it was all right, man. What I'm good. Say? After I want to know after. So that's an, a way of educating yourself. It's not the only way. And you should obviously go see no, different. But one of know, many ways. And this is a, a, a small, a small part in your life. You can watch a shitty movie. All right. I watched Bridesmaids last night. Good movie, right? Um, you choose to watch that over Species. Good. You chose correctly. All right? You chose to listen to this podcast over um um, uh, Skip and Shannon's Undisputed. Okay, you watch Skip and Shannon every damn day. You chose, you chose wisely. And I'm not even talking about smart and dumb choices. I'm just talking about different. I'm talking about if you have concerns. Uh, um, Chris, if I if I may, right now, the first thing I want to talk about is individual responsibility. Okay, I've been called by a, fen- a fence sitter by Jason Olive, and he and he keeps saying it because he thinks it's an insult. It is not an insult. Fence sitting is a compliment because fence sitting, um, people think that you're just sitting on the fence and you're not doing anything about it. No, you're doing shit about it. You're just not taking sides. You're taking you're taking the side which is right. I will give you an example. All right, since um our news stations and our political commitments lean us one way and the other, right? Have you noticed that the last few years? Like if a black guy gets shot in the back um, uh, and you think the police were wrong, you're a Democrat. If the guy, if you felt like the guy shouldn't have won, you're a Republican, (laughs) okay? So it's this tribalism. It's this tribalism. That's the rhetoric that on the extreme sides are pushing for. But I want to talk, I want to talk about individual responsibility as far as this COVID thing is concerned. All right. If someone's wearing a mask, 
Leave them the fuck alone. All right. Uh, uh, in New York, we we saw Chinese people wearing masks when there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't so much as it wasn't even flu season. Leave those leave those Michael Jackson looking people the fuck alone if you think they look like that. All right. Um, and I'm teasing a little bit, but it's yeah. but but I'm, 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 I'm teasing. To open up Facebook at the no, same but I'm time. teasing. I'm teasing ten years ago, but I'm serious now. Okay. Um, now on the other end, if your state decides to open up stores and open up stuff like that and if people disagree that it's too soon nobody is making you leave your home you as an individual exercise your personal responsibility based on data or just based on your gut feeling i don't know i uh and in, and in this instance i don't care leave those people alone who exercise their right to stay home while you go out there and and possibly put yourself in harm's way if if that's if if that's whatever so individual responsibility and respect for people's space like let's say Let's say you and me are on the opposite ends, okay? Let's say you're, you're still social distancing, and let's say I don't believe in it, that's bullshit. How about out of respect for you as a person, I give you your space, regardless of what I believe, okay? That's like fucking killing a bunch of atheists because they don't believe in God just because you believe in God. It's bullshit, all right? That's first. Second, and you're going to like this one, government responsibility though i got a lot of good things from this podcast uh, uh, uh experimental medications that help alleviate symptoms that help um the 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 help infections and stuff like you can just just uh put it on mute um kill the volume on facebook all right cool so um no, but there are certain medications and certain uh, therapies, triple, the triple therapy they were, they were talking about that helps alleviate yeah. the symptoms and help it run its course. Um, for me, I just think it's important for people to know that the government was derelict in their duty and this and preventing this p- p- pandemic okay and i think at the end of the podcast everyone's saying everybody should have the vaccine when it comes out everybody should be required or they won't get insured i say fuck you and fuck your insurance you know why because our taxpayers dollars pay for our government to protect our our life liberty and the pursuit of happiness the government and i'll say it again was derelict in their duty i don't give a fuck who your president is they were derelict in their duty in preventing this pandemic and now they have and now they print money bail out fucking wall street bail out big big business bail out whatever and then have the gall to say hey we'll make sure the loan that we give you is is a, is a, is a reasonable interest rate oh we'll make sure that the, the insurance covers it but you have to do this for me no 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 print your money vaccines are free how about you want to make a vaccine attractive uh, to someone's American right or just so, or necessity, it should be free. You know why? Because we got this pandemic free of charge. Even though we no, we sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We oh. paid. We paid our tax money dollars for this pandemic. We not paying. We not paying to fix it. It's their fucking hole. They do it. Which leads me to my third point, and I'm gonna let you go in a minute because this is a podcast, and we're supposed to be uh, no, doing our thing here. I do like. Um, state control as far as federal mandates because different states are different. Montana, uh, social distancing. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. <laughs> Texas, the, one of the craziest states or whatever, they seem to be doing a good job. And, and I think I think they're opening things up a little too soon because now there's, there's a little bit of a spike in the COVID as a result of. But I, I don't want to step on any political things to say I told you so because we don't we don't know we don't know we, we got to wait right. Um, Florida, I mean. 
half the reason why there were lockdowns is because they showed us people, a scene of people on the beach. It looked like spring break out there. And Governor Newsom was like, F this. Hermosa Beach closed. Manhattan Beach closed. Huntington Beach closed. And individual responsibility, government responsibility is the cause of the reason why we're all locked down. If we go out there and we behave like children, we are going to be sent to our fucking room and be and being treated like children. And this is the problem where I think Democrats, Republicans, uh, people who are this way, people who are that way can all come together and just understand each other. Individual responsibility prevents this shit. You get to go out. Don't be just don't stop behaving like morons. The story you just told me, the story you just told me, you know, what? I'd be in a six by nine cell. I would have popped that dude in his mouth. Yeah, you know, and I'm so talking close. violence on my podcast, but so no, 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 no. I mean, listen, we have, you have a wife, beautiful wife. She's, she's a hottie. She's a smoke show. Okay. I, I got, I, yo, my girl, beautiful, educated. I got a little, I got a little toe head, little three-year-old. I, I'm not trying to bring her, bring that home to her. Listen, uh, um, for those of you that listen to this podcast or listen to whatever, I'm O positive, okay? And there are study after study after study that shows that I'm, I will probably be more resistant, but it doesn't mean I don't have it. And it doesn't mean I'm, uh, uh, and I might be asymptomatic. And though I'm a strong guy, good for me, I can get other people infected. I got a three-year-old. I ain't trying to do that. I ain't trying to mess with people like that. And I'll, I guess all I'm trying to say, and the floor is yours in a minute, if the state mandate mandates, uh, if if the feds are saying let the state handle it, states do your job, know your provinces, know what to lock down, know what not to lock down. Same thing with gun control. Same thing with hunting. Same thing with carriers permits. You can do this. Individual responsibility. And the floor is yours in a minute. Individual responsibility. Respect each other. If you're not into the social distancing thing, respect the people who are. Respect the people who are. And for the people who think. Uh, um, uh, the social distances, distancers, if you think this whole lockdown thing or this whole opening up thing is too soon, exercise your right to stay the fuck home and everybody's happy. All right, I'm going to double that up too. <clears throat> and originally in Oregon, when we put, when we enacted the stay at home order from the federal government, uh, we gave, we were a week behind California and Seattle, even though we're right in between and Seattle's an yeah. epicenter. It was like a ground zero at that time. I ground remember talking to at you. That point. So I'm sitting here going, why aren't we testing people coming over the border in their cars? Like I'm seeing in Korea and I'm seeing in other places where they have, you know, those, the, the little makeshift tents that are out there. You got police people up there fully done. And then they have the whole line of people where they're, you know, quarantined. They check their temperature. If you have a temperature, they pull you over here. They do a test and they say, oh, you're, you know, we, you got to quarantine for 14 days because of bubble. This coordinated effort so that it wasn't spreading outside of the area. The other thing that, uh, and again, this is, I'm going to keep on saying coordinated effort, coordinated effort, coordinated effort, and information behind that coordinated effort. Mm -hmm. And that's got to come from the federal government to start. And of course, yes, every state has to know what's going on with their state. So echoing what you said, uh, we were a week away from, you know, the full shutdown and, and California and uh, Washington were both shut down and Oregon hasn't done that. And of course, I have a dispensary that's on the way to the beach. It's on one of the main roads and you have to take, there's only these few mountain roads that go to the beach out here in Oregon. There's not like a lot of them. You have to take every hour and a half, there's another one. And we're on one. So we're seeing all these people flood in through this one, you know, channel on the way to the beach. And I'm seeing license after license coming in Nevada. Washington, Ohio, 
you know, Arizona, and then Washington, 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 Oregon, Washington, Oregon, Washington. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I talked and some, some guy comes in. I'm like, oh, Washington, huh? I'm like, you know, down for a little, you got a house down here or something? Like, what the fuck are you doing in the state right now? We're all on lockdown, quote unquote, by the federal guidelines, even though Oregon hasn't done the stay at home order yet. You know, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, all of our grocery stores are all fucked up. There's nothing in the shelves and all the stores are closed in my area. So I figured, nah, go down to Oregon because everything's open. Go to the beach, go rent a place for the week, go to your nice restaurants and your nice grocery store and, you know, live. And I'm like, my jaw's on the ground when he says, ah, like, don't you realize that you just came from an epicenter of a, a virus fucking, you know, explosion? Mm. And now you're bringing the possibility of bringing that virus into another state in an area that has none, zero cases, two hospital beds in Lincoln City, okay, which is the Lincoln area. Two hospital beds, that's all they can handle, right? Because it's a small hospital, it's a beach resort town. And, there, and that first week, after Washington and California shut down and Oregon was open, there are over 3,000 um, hotel beds in Lincoln City area. And it was at 89% occupancy in the middle of the winter. Okay. And, and then I saw people leaving, you know, after the week. And, and the governor's like, well, if you're not going to listen, folks, then I'm going to the stay-at-home order. Okay. Because no one was listening. Salem... You know, Portland, everybody's just fucking walking around like, is this okay? I don't know if this is, this is fine. We're not, the, but I don't know what's going on. We're locked down as a country, but we don't, we have no stay at home order here. So who really gives a shit? Or, this is all a hoax. This is a, all the opinions start flying. And then the people are coming back off the beach after the week. You know, all these Washington state IDs are coming in again in the dispensary and they're picking up weed for their travel back home, which is awesome. I love it. But at the same time, they're not supposed to be there. And so and um, and one guy comes in, he's like, yeah, I'm not really not supposed to be over here. I know I'm one of those assholes, but whatever. I want to live my life anyway. And he guys and leaves. I'm like, what a fucking dick. You know, what an asshole. Another person that comes in, they're like, yeah, we're stocking up because you guys are shutting down. So we're going to have to go home. So we might as well stock up on weed here and the food. So there were lines in our grocery stores uh, of people stocking up on food. There were actually, by the end hoarding, of that- Hoarding's more like it. Hoarding, yeah. And by the end of the week, there were actually, uh, I didn't even see it, but I heard account after account of that. There's the main road that goes into Lincoln City right before the main light that brings you into town. There was a chalk on the ground that said, go home. We don't want you here. And they were actually starting to egg cars that have Washington license plates on it because people were not listening. They were just not listening. And like I said, four days after that, we actually went into a full shutdown here. Um, a stay-at-home order, uh, you know, within four days, because I was going back and forth. It's an hour drive and everything, and I'm seeing everybody on the road, not on the road, and it was so easy. There was nobody on the road for the first three days, and then by the fourth day, you started seeing the trickle of people. Same thing with Home Depot, same thing with all the places that were open. You're seeing people trickle into these places more and more every single day as they're coming out of their shelves and they're going, but no one is listening. No one's wearing PPE. No one is wearing, yeah, and I shouldn't say nobody. I would say about one out of 99 people would be wearing PPE and that would be You can only, Chris, you can only talk about what you're seeing. 
I know. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean by nobody in this. And now you can only no, talk about what you're seeing. One out of ninety nine will be wearing something here, and they usually have it around their fucking neck. And then Home Depot itself, you know, it's open uh, through the whole shutdown, and and I'm in there, and not one of their employees, not one, okay, not one has a mask on for the first month or, or, or so. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. No, well, and they're all tell, but, but ask me, but tell me why. Tell me why they don't have a mask, Chris. I have no idea. I mean, they have, they sold, I bought the masks from their store. They were selling masks. Oh. They had masks. They had oh, gloves. Okay, they that had answers my question. <laughs> everything was available. I was buying their shit. I'm like, I can't believe it's were... still available. I'm like, I can't believe people aren't fucking buying this. I got a store. I'm going to need this. No, you know, but, for the story, it, no but for the stores that have them and sell them, uh, that's different. The reason why I asked you to tell me why is because when they were saying a mandate, like you have to have a mask everywhere you go, you have to have a mask where you, where you go. And when I tr- you try to order one, the delivery dates are June 29. And oh, it's no, like, are these people not supposed to leave their houses because they because they don't have a mask? I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate for a little bit. No, I agree. Even though totally. Home Depot, if they are in fact selling masks, because I went to Home Depot in, my, in, in, in Hermosa Beach or Manhattan Beach, and they yeah. said, and they weren't selling masks. Oh, no, this they, was they, originally, this is way back in the beginning yeah. and again okay. once i saw wuhan uh you, how do you expect someone hospital, to have a mask if they're not selling them <laughs> i just don't know i don't i don't get it it's just unfucking believable to me but and 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 then that goes back to the root of this coordinated effort okay if there was a problem with pp and we recognize this right away which we did every single state red or blue or green or whatever the state is every single state came out and said we don't have the right pp for our people we just don't have not enough for definitely the general public and, and barely enough, if enough, for any of the healthcare workers. The government screwed up. Online. They screwed up. They screwed so, up. So they they said their stockpile. They blamed the administration from three years ago about their stockpile. And I'm like, are you trying to tell me? And I'm like, are you trying to tell me that three years went by and you don't even take a peek? Can exactly. I, can I tell you something about how the government does things when there's a change of command? Yes. And this goes all the way up to the commander in chief. All right, I'm ex-military. All right, every wow. single f- member of my family served. From um, every oh, um, you know I'm a sucker for brown eyes, right? Yeah, this is my boy. <laughs> oh, he's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> Who said that? Um, so listen, in the military. When we have a new captain, one captain's reassigned and another captain's coming in. Do you know what they do? They do something called an inventory. I work in the motor pool. Guess what? This man has to sign for every single screwdriver, uh, 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 bolt cutters, uh, 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 Humvees. He, we inspect it. We make sure it's present and accounted for and you sign it over. And that goes all the way up the chain of command. When Trump or whenever, when, whoever it is or whoever's in charge of that, when there's a change of command, when there's a new, a new administration, you signed for that equipment, so you can't you blame. You got a list of the shit that they own when they took over the job. Yes, and I'm trying to, and it. I, and my argument is, you're trying to tell me for three and a half years, you, you, nobody even, nobody bothered to take a peek. Well, how about this? How about this? How about, okay, for three. Wait, how wait, about some of those items expire? Years. No, no, no. For three and a half years, they neglected it. Okay, we are sure that he, he. You know, dismantled this group, dismantled EPA, and dismantled this. The groups that were in charge this. of the groups that were in charge of looking for it. <laughs> dismantled them all. Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. You dismantled them. That was your your authority to do so, and you yeah. felt that you should dismantle these right. for whatever. But if it was their due to the check on it, guess what? Take There's no up. one checking on. But it. once we figured out that there wasn't enough PPE for every American, 
and every fucking worker out there that was frontline workers, how come we didn't initiate the act to start to fucking make them? Immediately a wartime act. And that's, and that's what I don't understand is that, okay, the, the, you can say that you didn't do it for three and a half years. I get that. I get that. And by the way, I neither. Yeah. I didn't have a stock of people. Because, we, because cause Chris, we ain't got time for the blame game. The, the, I, I the question is, what do, we, what do we do, right? What do we do? Do, do. But the minute I found out about Wuhan and uh-huh. that they were building a hospital yeah. to, hold, to, to, to take care of these people, I said, holy shit. This is serious business. I, could you, I, I said, I smoke pot. My lungs aren't like the the worst thing in my body. I'm like I couldn't I can't imagine stopping my life and and having the flu pneumonia like symptoms for you know for a month. You know it's not it's not seven days of symptoms. You you're out for like twenty something days with this fucking thing out of your life. Whether or not you live through it or not, you're out dealing with this. And yeah, some people of course pass it over really quickly. And but if you act if it actually sets in. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't take 28 days out of my life. I don't want to shut my store down for 28 days if I don't have to. I don't want to have my whole staff out sick. And I don't want every customer coming in, getting it from us because we're so ignorant that we're not going to wear this stuff. So I went out and spent, I spent like $1,500 in supplies right when I heard about the hospital to make sure that I was, and trust me, I heard it all the way to my wife who's, you know, Columbia educated biochemist over here. And she's like, what are you spending all this? Are you really thinking? And I'm like, baby, I just want to make sure that we're okay, no matter what happens. And, and, and I'm trying to protect myself, my family as as best as I can understand uh, of how to do that. And if it's buying some PPE, so that I have to wear a stupid fucking mask for as long as I have to wear it so that I can stay alive and my, my family members can stay alive, then why the hell wouldn't I do that? And if I can make the educated guess, okay, that maybe something's going to happen, okay, coming over here, how come the government with all the information that they're given, and they're given a crap load more than I'm given, okay? How come once they understand that governors, mayors, doctors, you know, nurses, people are coming out in person, not in a tweet, not in a rant, not they're coming out and they're like almost in tears. Like we need help. Help us. And when you're watching this, you're like, how come we can't coordinate through an act, especially when we have a $3 trillion budget this year, okay, and then a $3 trillion fucking stimulus, and then a maybe another $3 trillion stimulus after that. And if how it's a come, national emergency, the defense spending comes into that too. How come Americans, if we can get a census fucking package, Every single year, how come Americans can't receive a package from the government that says, this is your personal PPE, wear it like this, understand the rules that we're putting forth, and listen to your local governments for the directions on how you guys are supposed to act and uh, interact with each other. And I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what, uh, what's not a good reason. They don't have the money. They have the money. Of course they have the money. And not only that, they're going to bail out the, the post office. You don't think sending all those things to the post office would have put money in the post office? And then back to your point about money in the system. I don't get why, why 
we're constantly, I understand bailing out a lot of uh, uh, different businesses and whatnot because everybody's feeling it and, and people are going to open, try to open up their yeah. business. I never have. objected to the bailouts, uh, just, just the distribution, the <laughs> just the, the distribution, distribution <laughs> yeah. is beyond me. Like each American gets $1,200 and says, you're all right, buddy, go back to work. Like, and, and oh 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 my, my favorite line is we should be thankful my favorite line is we should be thankful <laughs> because, because the president's signature is on a check no. like what the no. fuck is that about no. i'm going the same, crazy the same government way. the same government who got us into this mess at the taxpayers expense by the way is is saying we should be grateful that the money we put into the system we're getting a little bit back okay, let me let me throw this out here i do not they receive got a, got a back from the government in any way i haven't i won't i don't qualify my business doesn't you're an independent qualify. contractor too right uh, yeah, I'm. I well, I have an independent contracting company since da, da da da. But I don't qualify because of the money that I make, and because I and especially with my dispensary doesn't uh, qualify at all. Actually, uh, under their first stimulus package, even though I kept my staff at full staff, um, even though we had gotten a little bit slower uh, due to no traffic coming down to the beach. You know, I'm a I'm a beach resort place. Even though people were buying a little bit of more uh, and and keeping us open basically with the lights on. Uh, the local people, you know, I wasn't getting that extra flow that everybody's reporting of all these extra things going on. It's just, it's, I'm a, I'm a beach resort. I've set it, it up to be the business up to be like that. So unfortunately I have to deal with, you know, beach resort traffic coming in for the summer and that's the extra flow in my business. And so, you know, with all this said, we pay, I, I don't, as a, as a dispensary owner and dispensaries in general, we pay three times more taxes than anybody else in any other industry, in any other world, in any other country, state, city. We pay more taxes than anybody else in the world. I don't get banking. I can't use banking. If I do, I pay uh, 20% of the money in and out. Okay. So if I put money in, I pay 20%. I take money out, I pay 20% on money in the banks. Okay. That's the, that's the, the, uh, the uh, tax rate that they put on money going into a bank, if you can find a bank that will do it. And, and most of them aren't like that. So I don't, uh, I don't qualify for any of this free money that's going out right now into the world. Okay. That's, and I pay a lot of fucking taxes, a lot yeah. of taxes. Uh, with yep. this, okay. On every oh yeah. <laughs> and so I'm my, my problem is when there is six trillion Okay, we might have one trillionaire on the earth. Okay, after this all thing, Jeff Bezos, we all know this. But right now, six trillion dollars, and Americans get two checks for twelve hundred bucks. Funny, we man. only got one. Funny, we man. Only one. There might be another release of another check. Okay, uh, thank you very much, buddy. Check. Like, I don't get that when. Right now, and this know, is my Do you know Trump was pushing for that harder than Nancy yeah. Pelosi was? Do you know yeah. why? Because 1200 bucks, he gets off so cheap. He was at the front line. And this, you know, it's weird. Trump yeah. outlefted the left and and trying to get that money to everybody where Nancy Pelosi, I, I, I don't know what her holdup was. Maybe she was trying to get- we'll maybe, take a fucking uh, $1,200 check with, a, with no problem. Yeah. We can't have a socialist society or, or, or a glimpses of it or, uh, or about, how about a balance? Yeah, how about a, a balance? Bit, I mean, there always is a balance in everything in life. I'm sorry, but is, was isn't it socialism to bail out the banks? Is that not socialism? Is it a different word because someone makes more money? Oh, Chris. 
That's what I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. Everybody's just, like, why does why does uni- no one call that socialism? We, we can't have universal health care because we can't afford it. Do you Remember, know those motherfuckers are going to be richer That's when this is over? America. That's going to bankrupt America. Do you know these guys are going to be richer when this when this is over? Of course, because all this money was just pumped into the. You see what happened yesterday in the fucking stock market. That is, but that but that going. is living proof that socialism and capitalism sometimes are binary. <laughs> I don't get Someone it. is so using with, socialism for capitalism right now. <laughs> they figured out, you know, that they were they were proposing in this next stimulus that there would be a two thousand dollar check that would be given to every America American until December. Okay, that would have cost approximately six hundred eighty-five billion dollars. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I the math in my head says wow. Okay, yeah, I just yeah, did it right. in my head. You're yeah, good. You know, we have three hundred million people, and you did it. Yep. It's about six hundred eighty-five billion or something like that. God damn, you Chris! You you son of a bitch! <laughs> you beat me to the punch. Go ahead. It's like I I don't and and if okay the other point is if you send americans that money instead of sending it to the banks and you send it in a check guess what they have to do with that check they have to bring it to the bank and deposit it okay because it's not cash they can't just go spend it all right so if you give the people that money and they have to deposit it into the bank and the bank then gets all of that money (laughs) in which to use it while they're holding it for the people before they go use it and then they get to charge interest and they get to charge servicing fees and they get to charge in and out fees for using your money when you use your atm and stuff why the fuck are we giving the money because all we have to do to bail them out is give them back our money and if we gave them the 685 billion dollars as a first deposit into the banking system can't that keep banks going I mean, if they're asking for individual store owners of restaurants to shut their restaurant down for two months, hair salons, where these people literally live check to check and tip to tip, you know, which really pisses me off when people don't tip those type of people. I over tip because uh, I was in the service industry for a long time. Me too. So- and listen, I w- and I went to Marymount Manhattan. And when uh, when you study theater and acting. Yeah. And these kids, these people graduate and they're, you know, they're trying to get on, on the stage or they're trying to get in the film. Yeah. Take care of our people, man. We're working fucking hard, man. This is their job. They deserve to fucking get money for catering. Like if I'm going to sit there like a fucking king and someone's going to go drop shit in my, my face and tell me, am I feeling okay? Do I need anything? Can I help you out with anything else? I mean, Jesus Christ, fucking tip these people. So it goes, if you're going to tell store owners and all the people that work in those places that they need to stay home, they're not going to get shit but a $1,200 check once in all of this. Within two months, people are going to get restless. This is what's happening. And this is back to the coordinated effort that I keep on talking about. Yep. Because there isn't a coordinated effort coming from the top to let it trickle down, because we're doing trickle-down economics, okay? So that's a coordinated effort, right? They coordinated to give the the, the wealthiest people in America uh, a tax cut. So that was a coordinated effort. They said, okay, let's look at the whole spectrum of America and what do we want to put forth would be our tax policy to make sure that money flows through America. Why can't they make a coordinated effort for PPE? Why can't they make a coordinated effort to un- and to have people that don't understand? 
Okay, going back to my lawyer in the beginning of the conversation and great, great neck who's like, dude, who's not wearing masks? Who's not socially distancing? I'm like, nobody is out here. 99 Manhattan Beach. It's like it's like everybody's doing their part. Yeah. So well, outside of the areas that aren't listening, Mm -hmm. you need to then walk somebody through the pearly gates to their seat at the fucking football game. Okay, and show them which seat they're they're sitting in and let them be excited because now they're in the seat and they can understand their seat. And they can understand their viewpoint on the game and they can react to what's going on with the game. And they're not running into the game, grabbing the ball and being like, I got it, motherfuckers. I love running the finish line because you all don't understand what I understand. And you're not smart enough to understand what I understand. So if you don't understand what I understand, then fuck you and fuck everything. I, after you did. Here's I, the flag. <laughs> Dude, I love your example, you know, and you know, example I'd like to use. I'm going to go one back at you. I think you'll like in the 90s, because um, I'm just going to go our age group, when the movie came out and you bought tickets, we had to stand behind that barricade. And when they opened the barricade, everybody's running their ass up in there to get their favorite seat. The best thing the movies ever did, and I guess I can only use AMC as an example because I've only be doing AMC, assigned seating. <laughs> we not. I'm like, everyone's like, yeah, we got to go see the movie. I'm like, dude. It's there for me. <laughs> the seat's there for you. That seat and that one. And it's a bucket, a bucket. Listen, they went from running for your life mob mentality for opening night movies to actually purchasing your ticket online or even there to assign seating to a bucket recline seater. From from people rushing in to get into a chair you can kick to and this. That's just example. called that's just called smartening up. It's good um it's good for you know business. <laughs> and I love your example because you just showed that people would actually go and spend their money prior to the movie to make sure that they had the right seat and to wait for the right seat, which means the movie company, the theater and the movie business that put it out there are all seeing pre-sales. Okay, which is incredible for any business if you're like, oh, on Friday, the whole thing's sold out and we've already been paid for it. So I can take that money and I can go use it between now and Friday to generate even more money. That's like a dream in people's minds. Dude, and you raise the money for movie prices. That's that's when you say it's worth it. Like when, some, when something goes up and uh, and you and maybe you're like, if there's quality, you're like, all right, you know what? I'm. And so, and so that I'm goes back with to this one. thing, okay? And mm-hmm. if the government has sent out a coordinated effort, so everybody got a mask and everybody got a little brochure of things that they were supposed to do, I believe personally that we would have been able to open up a lot faster because then people would have had an understanding of, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this and this and this, just to the very core of it. I'm not talking about going crazy and doing all these other things like, you know, taking some drug or bleach or whatever anybody's trying to fucking tell you to tr- take on the fucking news every single day. No, I'm not I'm talking Pull about out a chicken, rub it on the top of your head. How many of you are like, oh, you need light and this light and you, all you gotta do is do this and you gotta take this. Like, okay, whatever, that's what Twib's about. Let the fucking scientists- Blow dry, blow dry to the face. <laughs> Studying this for 35 years, I need to hear from somebody, and not only him, I need or her, I need to hear from him, her, him, her, him, her, him, her, him, and then they let them collectively all come together and get an, an answer or 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 a, a question to an answer or or an understanding of what might be the uh, the the understanding of of what's going on or, or question that or any of the above, but to not have the 
the simple package to begin with to to allow Americans to see their seat at the at the the, the, the football game. Oh, seat 32. Great. I know I'm at seat 32. That's all you had to do. And once they got to the gates, they would have had the barrier set up. And then say, oh, That's if, it. I, if I have my ticket, I'm going to have to wait in this line, huh? And now, and I'll tell you what, if you had enacted six feet of social distancing uh, a year ago at a football game and said, if you get this ticket, okay, if you buy this ticket, when you get into line to go do, to get into the stadium, there are going to be lines on the ground six feet away. And you need to stay at that line before you get into that stadium if you want to come watch the game. Guess what everybody would do? They'd fucking stand on that goddamn there. There'd be some assholes, of course, that would talking be about their right. Yeah, of course. Don't you love people to talk about their rights? But 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 most people would be six feet away with the fucking ticket in their hand. And this is what my biggest problem is: is that yeah, I get it. Influential and 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 wealthy and uh, and 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 smart areas of the United States that are taking in the information and processing it and understanding, well, I don't know it all, but I do know I'm supposed to do this. Just like my friend in Great Neck. I get that. So he's like, why the fuck do I need this thing coming through the mail to tell me to put a mask on? What am I, a fucking idiot? I said, no, but there are a lot of idiots out there that don't understand that. And if you don't tell them like to line up like sheeple with a shepherd there showing guiding them through this then we're the going to be locked in the barn then the we're going to they're, they're going to then they're going to lock all of us in the barn you're going to be chasing sheep for fucking days in yeah. the mountains if you don't shepherd them together as a flock with your your shepherd dog and your staff and whatnot you have to do that now i get not everybody's sheeple and i don't want to say everybody is sheeple but there are a lot of sheeple people out there and it, and, right, it, and right. if that's the majority of the situation and, then and you we you, you your mistake chris is you think you limit the whole sheep sheep mentality to people who are stupid there no, it, there are it, intelligent people Smart people who are brainwashed into that, and, you know, and because we set our government up on a sheeple mentality, okay, because if they're going to propose rules for all of us, right, we've designated one person that's smart enough to go speak for us, right, huh. and then they go represent us, and Jesus. then they give us governing rules, Lord which is the sheeple approach on everything, right? And it's not what they did for this effort. They said, "This is what we're going to do," and then go for it, guys. And he like ran away. He's like, no, 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 you don't see me anymore. I'm hiding behind this. Like, no, you need to coordinate effort from the top, just like a, a shepherd would herd their sheep. Just like if we're going to make a tax code that everybody has to follow, then why can't we do, uh, uh, you know, a list of things and send a document and say everybody needs to follow it this way? Because, um, because I think people. Um starting with individuals and building up to, to small small collectives where we're all, like you said, we all have a collective whole. What we have to do is just because someone has a, a position doesn't mean, remember you were talking about extreme this way and extreme that way. It doesn't mean that they're make they're, they're going completely opposite to what, to what your opinion is. I'm not saying that wrong either. No, no, that's, and that's the point I'm trying to make. You're not saying that. Uh, and that's and that's the point. This is why you're getting the arguments with some of these people because people think you are saying that, and I don't think you are, Chris. Um, remember we talked. We, we just had this conversation about what you know. Oh, it's my rights. It's my rights. It's this or whatever and this and that. Um, for me personally, I will say this: 
just because something's your right doesn't always make it a good fucking idea. Now, whether someone takes my statement and says, oh, you're, then you're, you're, you're not for my rights. You're, you're totalitarian. That's not what I'm saying. That is the illogical leap to the opposite. And I think as you continue to, to, de- to debate healthily and sometimes to your demise with some people who just, who just, who just don't want to listen um, is important because at some point, there's going to be this this meeting of the middle. And, uh, and the reason why we have friends on Facebook is because all of us collectively want what's right for our family. We all want collectively what's right for our friends. We all want collectively what's right for 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 our our, our just our neighbors, just gen- be generally good people. And I think the more people like you and I'll use me a little bit too cuz I I've, I've been more conscientious about it than my and, and my real. activism is yep. goes way back. I almost feel like I retired from. I'm just tired, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more, but the more people continue to debate, debate healthily with people who disagree with them, as opposed to watching on a news station where everyone's just circle jerking on on why they're right and why everybody else is dumb. I think we can break the mold. I think individuals make small collectives and small collectives make big collectives. I think only a Brechtian approach uh, yeah, uh, uh, is, is the solution. I keep on trying to do that by mm-hmm. putting the twiv podcast up on my on everybody's comments Twib's awesome i'm like okay this is what i think mm-hmm. but you know if you really want to learn you yeah. should listen to these people because i can't you know I can't or, or at least know it's out there all right post it someone be like nah i don't want to listen to twiv boom or okay. i listen to twiv i don't want to listen to twiv today that's that's a win whatever that's whatever a win i only listen just, to one episode if i never listen to another episode again i've won you have i won and what did you think of listening to that episode? What was what was your when you were listening to them? What was starting to run through your mind? Were you were you being taken to places? Were you start thinking about the things that they were saying, and you were, you were revolving it back to your life and things you've seen and things you've heard, and then you were reflecting on it again, the information that they were giving you. You were listening to them how they discussed the information, and they threw away stuff that wasn't right, and they brought forth things that are that they think are right and that they've studied to be right. And what did that make you feel, Jason? Afterwards, here's my here's here's my take on Twiv. My take on Twiv is a bunch of individuals whose this is their wheelhouse. They live in it. They, they, they're passionate about it. They happen to get paid a lot of money to do what they love, which, which brings a sense of uh, maybe a sense of not jealousy or envy, but like, I'm so happy someone's out there doing something they love. Oh, yeah. Chris, I'm doing what I love. You're doing what I love. So, I, yeah. so, so speaking only for myself, I can relate. Uh, there's also a level of frustration that might be mistaken for arrogance on their part when people ask questions that some some scientists might think is stupid and the, the thing i liked about this podcast is look you know you sent us a question you you said let me ask a stupid question and there's sometimes we answer like oh obvious is obvious Man. but i think they do a good job uh knowing that it, uh, uh infectious disease and immunology is not common knowledge so so sometimes their responses are, are like well if you do this this makes sense that makes sense and it comes off a little bit arrogant and oh, yeah. and and but they don't mean to be that it only comes from a level of frustration for people's not willingness to understand and they do a very good job collectively mediating like wait 
wait, this person's not set in their own ways. They're emailing us questions because they want to know. And one of the guys was very nice saying, hey, look, it's not a stupid question. We're grouchy. This guy's grumpy. Remember the uh, uh, the, the Seven Dwarfs uh, mentality? This yeah, one's yeah. dopey. This one's whatever. And yeah. I, I'm glad that they just came up front and said, hey, sometimes we we, we, all, we act and we talk like we know everything or, or and, 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 and you need to educate yourself or whatever. But it's only because we're in the same room, e-room that is, with like with like-minded contemporaries and and, and and it's 12 years later for them you know yeah. we're all just just coming in off of the fucking you know, <laughs> like off the street I, I, like yo this party's been going on for 12 years let me jump in and see what's going on and they're all doing their fucking dances that we've never seen before we're trying to understand that dance and we're like yeah but big up but big up daniel dr daniel griffin PhD yeah. and an MD, um, also t- I believe teach as a professor at Cornell University. Uh, yeah. Big on uh, infectious diseases, immunology. Big up on a uh, big up to Brian Barker uh, of Upstate New York, Kathy Spindler, um, yeah. Alan Dove, Richard Condit out of Austin, Texas, doing some some really good research and work out there. Dixon De Pommier, uh, New Jersey. I don't know the city, in New Jersey, but but Savage and the the and it's it's great. It's like if you're a sports fan. If you're a sports fan, you get like all of your favorite players in a room. <laughs> this is this is, it was a pretty good episode. And and I've been saying that to volleyball mm-hmm. players because they can relate to this. So I'm saying to them, I'm like, listen, if you want to go win an AVP event, okay, you don't go ask a ten year old kid that just picked up the ball, you know, maybe two three months ago, all right, and started fucking around with it in his backyard. You don't go up to him and say, listen. How do you win this this AVP tournament? Fuck the match, how, or the game? How do you win the whole tournament? They're going to be like, well, uh, you're supposed to bump and set. No, you go to a coach or a player that's been playing 20, 30 some odd years, and you say, what, what, what do you see? How how should I react to that? What what do you see that's going on with me that I, you can better me? so that I can win this tournament, you know, and, and, and then the person that that's played for a while, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. What's the best way of winning this game? You know, you know that how that well that person plays over there, what are their weaknesses and how can I get on? Like all of that is information that you would take from someone that has been in a sport or in any profession. Okay. For 20, 30, 40 years. Now, you don't have to listen to everything they say. If they're like, yo, man, you got to hit that ball on the line every single damn time because if you don't, you're not going to win the game. But you're up there and you're like, I see a shrimp in the corner open. Do I have to listen to the coach or the other player every time? No, but I'm going to take their information into into account. I'm going to understand that it's coming from 35, 20, 15 years of, you know, being an expert at this. And and it's an educated uh, guess, if you want to put it like that, of what somebody can do to make it through a a situation. That's what you get with TWIB. Chris, yeah. To educated people, and they're all over the United States. I'm so glad that you pointed it out. Ones in Texas, New Jersey, this, that, the other. Uh, Michigan, and it, and, yeah. Um, and it's and it's perfect because yeah, Kathy 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 Spindler is um yeah, Kathy Spindler is Western Michigan. Kathy Spindler is Western Michigan. Alan Dub is uh, uh Western Massachusetts. 
Yeah. Um, it's yeah. amazing. It's mm-hmm. a, and they and, and 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 it's great to hear all of them say, "Oh, you know, this is the point of view where we are uh, from the people that were, you know, and this is and then talk about how it relates to back back to everybody." And when you see that there there are people that are understanding this and all all over the United States, and they have at the smallest uh, amount a, a coordinated effort on TWIV to get the right information out, it goes back to my coordinated effort from the government. I just, I don't understand why we can't coordinate an effort of information to get out. And we started to do that with the CDC and Fauci and they were getting out there and we were, you know, there were some guidelines that were starting to come out and then they were ixnate and threw away and then they were barely released. And, you know, and then we opened up the country on the 28th of last month. And once we opened up on the government, uh, you know, opened up the country. Uh, then they said, okay, it's up to the, the states. But there was no real guidelines for the states to follow. You, quote, unquote, there were CDC guidelines that a lot of states were following, but they didn't say you guys had to follow these guidelines. And the guidelines that they put out, you could have opened up if you had no cases. You could have opened up if you didn't have cases for 14 days or whatever it was. And 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 then there could have been areas that were open. But instead, people took these sweeping plans and said, you know what? Whatever you say, I don't give a shit like Georgia. Goodbye. Uh, this area. Goodbye. Don't care. We believe we're going to do this. Now, that's not smart. That's not a coordinated effort. And that's not showing. Damn, how, about, the, how about we just build walls and keep those, you know, talking about building the wall. How about we build walls and keep those motherfuckers from getting out? <laughs> we have a coordinated effort where we're spending millions and millions and millions and mm-hmm. millions of dollars to build a fucking wall. But we can't send people a fucking flyer and a, and a face mask. I, and say this yeah. is what we're expecting at yeah no nah, yeah you're gonna have to yeah you're gonna have to miss me with that one yep <laughs> listen i like your first of all i'm gonna go back to your volleyball example i like it uh, me as a coach for 21 years who, who's played um indoor for almost 30 predominantly indoor uh, um and a ton of beach coaching in my experience the people that i've gotten the the, the best input were the aficionados were the my men, the people who mentored me, and you're gonna laugh. The people who know zero, who don't even watch the sport, they just pick up something. They're like, "Is that guy? Is that guy supposed to? Is, does it always supposed to hit the right side of his hand?" And I'm like, "Is it hitting the right side of his hand?" Somebody exactly. didn't pick up. So, um, so exactly. the, in my experience, just no just absolute. a funny thing, just the funniest thing. Like the person yeah. who knows nothing. And the person who knows almost everything are the two people that we made me, all, that made me a great coach. Things, Jason, we all can <laughs> see things and we can all realize that people have different uh, depths of perception of what they're, they understand what they're viewing and how they can relate and, and speak back about it. I have a hard time speaking some days and other days I'm really fluent in, the, in my conversation. So I see it all the time too. And, and I agree with that fully. Like I said, you're up there and you're about to hit the ball and you're like, he said to hit it on line every time, but I see the shrimp to the corner fucking wide open. Why am I not hitting that? And then of course you come down and let's say you hit the line and you didn't get it and they scored the point and then you walk over and you get your water and some dude's like, yo, the shrimp's open. How come you didn't hit that? Because it's a head fake, dummy. Because <laughs> it's a head fake. Because it's a four block switch, and that person's showing you that. So, so when you go there, he could just, he could just literally. He don't even have to have to be Taylor Crab and die for it. He could just walk up and be like Lollipop. Oh, now man. you're gonna get Crab licked. Played so fucking oh. good this past season. Mm. Unbelievable. The coaching's gotten better. 
the coaching's gotten better. You do you know why the do you know why the coaching's gotten better? Because now people are not spending all their money on weed and they're spending some money on coaches. All right, <laughs> they're hurting your business a little bit. <laughs> they fucking with you, but no. But Chris, I'll give you an example. I can give you a hundred examples, but how about I, I look no further than to you yourself? I bring your attention, everybody listening to the podcast. My man, Chris Ships, decided to play in the, uh, a bunch of tournaments, but I will specifically cite the Manhattan Beach Open. All right, played with Bobby Jones. How old are you, Chris? Tell me. I am 47 years old. Why is a man who is 47 years old uh, teaming up with a guy who's retired from this sport, who's coaching in Texas, but takes care of his body to his credit, uh, who is an undersized playing? How do those two people win a first round? Because you fuckers think you got it all figured out because you're physically strong and you're just, you jump just as high as this guy. You're, this person's just as tall as Phil. That one moves just as fast as Nick. And physically, good for you, but because you can't exercise the muscles between your ears and because you don't, you don't have the inclination or the money or the desire to hire someone that can steer you that direction, you're going to lose to people who don't even play the fucking sport anymore. All right? Uh, the men... Shape up or ship out. The women, they're already learning their lesson. Craft, oh, yeah, yeah. Maple, 15 and 17 years old, making mm-hmm. it to the final eight. Uh, uh, Chrissy Jones and Munoz, uh, are, one still in college, one graduated college. Right. They made it to the semifinals. Uh, um, I'll, why I'll, are 15, I'll, I'll Why are you in the qualifiers for six years straight? And this kid, Miles Partain and his brother, at 15 and 17 years old, uh, make the main draw at Hermosa Beach two years, uh, two, to, uh, a few years ago. And, oh, and, and, oh, and, and are way, now... So- Sorry. Manhattan Beach, youngest uh, team and oldest team age gap. Bobby Jones and I, Partain brothers, uh, ever an AVP. So we actually went in the history books. And the <laughs> largest age gap between the, the two teams uh, in, uh, registered for a qualifier for our AVP event. That's uh, awesome. Pretty awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm Doug, Dougie, who's out hopefully watching or, or will watch this at a certain time. I just tagged him on this. Because uh, he was, man, so it's in the third, you know, we won the first one, they won the second one. I mean, you're talking, was it, you're talking about the partains? What was it? No, this is when, we're, Matt, when we were playing Manhattan Beach. All right. And Dougie's, Dougie's over there on the side. He's watching our, our first round qualifier. Thank you, Dougie, for showing up and watching. I mean, they're still doing construction while we were playing our game, trying to you know, get through the first round of the qualifier. And here we are in the third. I've taken every time out. I've done an injury timeout. I'm dying. I think um, you fucking threw up. <laughs> oh, I threw up at the end of the match. I, I was just, I was dead, dude. It was two and a half, two hour and 45 minute match, something crazy like that. Anyway, so in the third match, uh, and I have a picture that I'm, I'm, I, I point to Dougie afterwards. Um, we, I take a timeout. Bobby Jones takes a whole thing of water, pours it, ice water, pours it straight down my back. He's like, come on, man, you can make it, you can make it. Bobby Jones turns to me and he's like, yo, ships. He's like, stop making shots. Fucking hammer one at them. He's like, go up there and fucking hit one. I know you can hit one. Go up there and hit one. They're not ready for it. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, they're not ready for it all. He goes, go up there and fucking blast one at them. Oh, my God. Hold that thought so, for a second. I just want to show yeah. the, uh, the fans a clip. Yep. All right. I'm on camera four right now. And this is Manhattan Beach. And I think... Um, you can't see it because uh, again, you're not you're not in studio, but you can hear it. And Bobby Jones, right now, he's just waiting. You're chilling, and we're like almost 10 seconds in, 15, 20, and now you're back on the court. 
<laughs> and I'm betting money that this guy serves you. Always. Up and I down get set. All the serves. You I'm, get, I'm old and fat. You, you get know? blocked, cover. And now, not only are you making these long rallies, but the time and the gap that you're spending between both of them, um, you're frustrating the team. You're getting them out of their rhythm. Um, uh, next thing you know, they're missing serves. Next thing you know, easy shots, like call shots. You were talking about high line or, 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 or you know, cut or whatever. Uh, they're doing the right shot, but now they're missing. <laughs> you, oh, it was and I, awesome. you got to do anything you possibly can with the information that you you, you have. Okay. And 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 Dougie turned to me and he's like, "Yo, if you want to win this game, you're gonna have to blast and stop coach. making shots." He's like, "Your shots have worked so far, but you got to blast them and take them off their fucking cue. They're, they're looking for your shot right now." And the dude that we were playing against was like six six or six eight, like one of the kids. So his block was massive. So you're yeah. up there like climbing the ladder, shooting it up over this massive block. Dougie's like, "That's not gonna keep on working, mm -hmm. ships." You've, you've made a couple, but you got to blast these dudes. Yeah. So I went out there, and it was in the third match, and I was absolutely exhausted. Bobby Jones gave me a great set, and I fucking blasted it, went right through the block and right off the dude's hands and off to the side. And I walked off, and I turned, and I pointed right at Dougie, and I'm like, yes, dude. you good dude, that's, that's what we need in life. Sometimes we need a little outside influence. Uh, we all need it. We're, no one has all the absolute answers. I don't. Every time I put something up, I let people go fucking crazy Doug, on it. Doug, Doug Nascimento, a.k.a. Doug E. Fresh. Um, yeah. We had this conversation about conquering demons, like, like exercising the muscles between your ears. Like, yeah. um, I've heard a lot of people, and I don't like to name names because um, people come to me with information and they know I'm, I'm not going to out them. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I've been like a ship that doesn't reach a port. I have... You know, I have people. I have information that can end people's careers. Um, but 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 there but there are a lot of people. No, but there, but there are a lot of people that don't know Doug and don't like as far as training and how he preps his team. They're like, what you know? What skill? What skill is this? What skill gets set? So does that guy know? What does you know? I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, Doug. Is everything you need at that level? At the at at the high level, Doug is everything you need everything as far as conquering demons from the neck up. And oh, and hell yeah, because and I saw him do it with plenty of people this year because he was out there with Ricardo, and he also helped Ty and Ricardo uh, in Chicago. The man and has been semifinals like winners bracket. Um, the man has got helped guide Ricardo and Rosie, you know, two older players that, re that really can't afford to be getting knocked in that losers bracket and have to climb out. He's done. He's done winners bracket all the way with some of these guys. Um, all, brought him all the way through, dude. What, right next to him. And I see him. What he doesn't. He's like he he knows. Stay the fuck away. Let you know. Let the athletes be the athletes. He's but so when good it gets at it. To that point. He goes in and he, like I, I heard him say it a bunch of times, like, hey, he said it to Ty in Chicago. He's like, yo, you should check out because this is wide open. Ty's like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, wide open. Mm -hmm. He's like, ooh, okay. And just little reminders, like things that we don't, you know, when you're in the heat of the battle, every point is you're in your fucking head, you know. And same thing with this virus that we started talking about is that you're in the heat of the battle. You know, everything's in your head. And it's, it's good sometimes to step away and have somebody, you know, a, a, a nice – uh, overall view ear say oh uh, you know what you might want to look at this because this is also relevant at this point it doesn't mean you have to make that decision doesn't mean you have to go out there and run out and go do all these things but yeah because there's no federal mandate that says you must leave your home just because just because you think everybody's idiots 
for like opening up too soon. And in the end, I mean, the, I mean, look, time will tell. Maybe it is the wrong decision. Maybe it isn't. But if it is the wrong decision, nobody. It's it's not going to be because you um, are are forced to follow the pack. I have and a. I, I, I have, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um. I was talking about UFC. Dana White, right? Put on the pay-per-view, had Max, um, not Max Holloway, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, had the main event in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. Nobody in the audience. Um, limited number of coaches. Um, two competitors and a ref in, in the cage. Um, I want to give my opinion, and I just want your take on how, how it might translate to volleyball or other sports where there's limited, lim- uh, limited competitors, if not combatants. Dana has a big pair of balls between his fucking legs for for daring to make this happen. And I want to tell you why I thought it worked. And I want you to chime in. I thought it worked because in order to make something like that happen, you have to sequester people from their families. Mixed martial arts. The average training camp is is eight weeks. Uh, Tony, Tony Ferguson had to do a rush job four weeks or whatever. So if you have a training camp and you're isolated from your family for eight weeks, and if you have the money like Dana has to get the testing kits and get the testing done, it is the safe way to do sports. And that includes the coaches, that includes the rest, that includes the, the camera people. Um, and he found a way to do it safely. And Jacare Souza got pulled from the fight because he, he, even through all of that, they still had one fighter that tested positive for COVID. He had flu-like symptoms and they weren't sure, but as a precaution, wise to the word, uh, uh, pulled, uh, canceled his fight and it turned out he had COVID. But I guess my question is, Dana found a way to do it safely. Is there a method you see for beach volleyball? Because it's our wheelhouse, all right? We, me and you, we know a lot about every fucking sport because that's just who we are. We're sports guys, all right? We're just these long arm, we're, you know, I was this long arm barrel body kid that could play every sport. Um, do you see them being able to do something like this for te- volleyball or tennis? Well, speaking of TWIV, they talked about tennis the other day mm-hmm. on the broadcast, and they were saying that because it's an, if you're playing it outdoors, you know, which you're breathing out and, you know, the air is taking it away, <clears throat> and because the ball itself isn't like a plastic ball where – uh, the virus would adhere to it and then spread it. You would yeah. spread it around as yeah. you're spreading it. With metal it objects being the longest, right? Where it lasts yeah. the and, longest. You know, you have a, the tennis balls are made out of wool on the outside. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that it, that would be absorbed because it's, you know, the virus is absorbed into cotton and then gets bound into the cell of the cotton. So it's very difficult for you to then get a viral load. We have to all remember that it's viral load. That's uh, it. It's the amount That's that right. you take it in your body. You couldn't be exposed to this and not and catch it because the viral load wasn't there. And that goes back to masks and uh, gloves and, and eyewear is that, you know, you're not exposing yourself to a viral load that would overtake your body and then you would have to fight this substance. So uh, tennis, yes, uh, especially considering there are only two competitors. You know, they're on either, and they have a racket in their hand. So the only time they're really touching the ball is to serve the ball. Um, and then they were talking about how they could bring in new balls uh, for the service, you know, to, to limit the amount of times that somebody's touching they, the ball. And they probably have to get their own balls instead of have ball people. Yeah, exactly. They would have their own. In fact, one of the doctors was talking about how his daughter has her own balls uh, to go play in Connecticut uh, to practice on the facilities that have been open. Yeah, it's like this, uh, just like volleyball, like a bucket full of balls. It's their, yeah, for, yeah. for serving, only for serving, okay. you know, and everything else is, you know, because the when they were practicing the ball that you used to practice back and forth, you don't have to touch it. You can just pick it up with your racket, drop it, and then hit it over to the other person. The only 
real thing that you need is when you're about to serve it, you have to hold the ball to be able to serve that's it. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, so yes to tennis from what I have heard and seen. Volleyball is tricky to me. Um, it's so close to my heart. And I want to say, yep, what the fuck? Let's go play. But I know from going back and forth with my wife for two months that the ball will and can hold the virus if the other person has it. Because it's um, leather. Because it's leather and it's not going to really absorb it. Um, right. It and and we're not it. hitting it with rackets. We're passing it with our forearms. We're with our we're, arms yeah. and we have sweat. And, and then because it's not just that, because, you know, this, that's one thing. And, and the real problem is when you go wipe your eyes and, you're, and you grab the snot out of your nose and you do all these things that you normally do. And then you're, you've passed it to inside yourself and or from yourself to the ball and then to the other people on the court that have to t- take touch the ball now can you then you know disinfect yourself in some way i don't know well um, i saw the I video know. i saw the video of them peppering remember you know they, they passed the ball high look 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 they, they passed the ball high purel yeah. <laughs> and that guy does it and then pass they, high you know, purel you could, you could wear rubber gloves um you know to to help the body you could wear rubber arm you pieces to, too yeah. and i was thinking about buying some of those to you know, go practice. I, I have to admit, I've been practicing the past two weeks. We've been, I've been playing ones um, in a secluded location with one other guy. Okay. Um, and what we're yeah. doing. I'm uh, lucky is, enough to have a girl that plays too, though. Oof. Yeah. She's a savage, but go ahead. So, so uh, you know, and he's, I won't say he's been in complete lockdown or of I, because we both have jobs that are essential. So we're out there, but he's, he has face masks. He's wearing them. And when we pepper, uh, when we're, th- we're within six feet of each other, we put face masks on so that our virus isn't going out to each other. I try not to touch anything on my face or any orifice so that, you know, I'm not, and I, and I am taking a, a danger and a risk because, uh, you know, if I do bring this back to my but, home. But there are uh, levels to that, Chris. But there the are danger levels, and a risk. Just like your risk is with, you know, and when we set up the court, we put the dink line five, uh, excuse me, six feet on either side. So it's actually 12 feet in between us that we're playing from each other. Uh, and then when we walk around the net, we walk around on opposite sides of the net and we give a five high five from a distance, you know, like, hey, hey, great job. So we're trying to keep, you know, the air within our six feet our own. Uh, and then if it's not, it's cleaned out by natural air. Um, by doing 12 feet of distance in, in between each other. Um, and when we when we set each other and when we start, uh, we're both wearing, you know, uh, masks for that part, just in case someone goes, ah, you know, and the other person comes in for a quick set. And next thing you know, they're like, you know, eating your fucking, your, your breath. Um, but I don't know if that, you know, I, I don't think that's really safe, to be honest with you. Um, I'm kind of pushing it by doing it. And I feel... Uh, I feel like I am, especially every time I come home to my wife. Um, um, my wife has sickness also, uh, and she's been dealing with that for a while. So, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, hurt her in any way beyond what she has in her life. Um, I don't want to do it to the people I know. So I'm really cautious, and, and I, I, I don't think it's the smartest thing. However, I have to say that when I do come back here, I do go straight to the, I take off all the clothes. I go straight to the shower so I don't touch her. I don't try to touch anybody else, but I could be housing the virus. I could be asymptomatic. I could be passing it to her the minute I shower and if I kiss her or whatnot. So it's less with all all that said, right. Please um, Salt Lake city. 
uh, area, they just announced that they're going back to doing volleyball tournaments. Uh, I noticed that you have them in Florida, they're starting, and you also have them in Texas, they're starting their local tournaments. Salt Lake City, uh, in their mandate for the tournament, said that only the players are supposed to show up. No fans, no family, no kids. Only registered players. Okay. And, and there's a the risk, but let's see, let's see what happens. Now, what I said to somebody the other day, and I think I said it to you, and I, I was actually, I talked to the guy that I was playing volleyball with yesterday also. If the AVP would like to have a season, okay, just like the government, they need to show a coordinated effort, okay? Like Dana now, did. Now, now, that does not mean that you keep on sending out bulletins that say we're waiting to see if this is going to happen. If you're going to have a fucking season, have a fucking season, okay? And you can do that right now by scheduling a tournament in Florida, scheduling a tournament in Texas, scheduling a tournament in uh, Hawaii, scheduling a tournament in Salt Lake. Basically, anywhere that has relaxed the, the restrictions and are allowing people to do these activities. Yeah. And then by doing so, you're putting in the onus not only on yourself to try to protect your players, which of course you could get sued in the whole nine yards, we all get that. But you're giving the people, just like the UFC, the fighters and whomever is involved in the sport, an opportunity to make a decision for themselves based on the information that they have in front of them. Now, if you decide not to go to those tournaments, that's your decision. But they're going to run them just like they're running them in Salt Lake City and Texas and, and Florida, the local tournaments. They're going to run them anyway and people are going to show up. Now, is it smart? I don't know. Is it going to pass the virus around? I don't know. Um, I hope not. Uh, I think so. Um, is it small enough uh, amount of people that it, it would have a, a lesser impact and all these people are supposedly in really good shape so they're able to fight it off? Maybe these are things that you can take in if you're the coordinator. Which, or if you're, which if you're is, the again, which goes back to the individual decision because if players are going to do a sequester thing. Let's say they do a three-week training camp. Uh, let's say they get testing kits or whatever, three-week training camp, that's as clean as you're going to get. And if, but if people are going to miss their fucking family, or let's say someone's wife is going to whatever, I, don't, I, I mean, honestly, I don't probably want them playing a tournament anyway. If you care, well, if you, you want to be there to watch your baby being born, you're not going to be there if there was no coronavirus. So with that said, there's a way of doing this. Mm -hmm. and, and is it right? I don't know. Is it smart? I don't know. Um, is it going to have effect on the long term? I would hope not. Um, are they going to do head thermometers, uh, two days prior to make sure two and, and two, three, one to make sure days prior that people aren't contract. Cause you know, people are out and about and you could just go pick it up five minutes before you go play. You're like, yeah. shit, I need to go get in Gatorade and you walk by some dude or you grab some package of Gatorade that someone else has already grabbed and they were all sweaty and nasty from their fucking day or they sneezed on it because they were there before you and you come five minutes later, you grab the Gatorade and you, you're like, oh, and then you go down to the fucking beach and you're like, what's up, man? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Like, I, I would assume, so there's got to be protocol, washing hands, sanitizing. And these are all possibilities too. You know, can you sanitize the ball? Yeah, you can sanitize the ball to make the viral load on the ball less. You can spray it down with the refs. The refs can spray it down and wear gloves. 
you know, there are and things- And even the that, person with the Gatorade thing, you can wash your freaking hands. You know what I mean? Right? There's a, there's, you can wash your hands when, when you, before you drink the Gatorade. That, there are protocols that can make it safer, whether or not it's fully safe. I don't know. I don't want to be the person that says it is or isn't. I don't have enough information. But don't, stuck but don't you- but don't you think that these sports, and we're talking about tennis and volleyball right now because these yeah. are minimal compa co competitors. Um, yes. Don't you think that it would be smart for them to call Dana and say, hey, Dana, I want to go and see how you do your setup. And of I don't want to, and I don't want to do my setup the exact same way, but you had ideas where they, they've done three events. So they've done three events and only had one athlete. So yeah, if one athlete tested positive, no, but here's the thing. If one athlete tested positive for three events is too much for somebody, then don't do that. But as far as personal decisions and living with the ramifications of those personal decisions, as well as your coaches and your family and this and that, that should be, uh, um, that should not be a totalitarian thing. That should be a freedom of choice thing. Without a doubt. That's all. Because you know what? Because ignorance is not only bliss, it's constitutional. But like you said, as long mm -hmm. as it doesn't, um, like you said, as long as, as, as other people don't stand, a slew of people don't stand to lose because of your decision. Yeah, and, and, and we don't know what the, you know, what the ultimate uh, right choice is at this point. There's, no, we there's, just know realities. We know, we know facts versus yeah. realities. Those are the conflicting forces, uh, Chris. Yeah, the, I know. Listen, the and, fact and, is it's better to stay at home. The reality is we're not going to stay, we're not going to stay behind a door and wait for a vaccine to come maybe in november maybe for only one of the strands we're not that's that's not real well, that is not well, that's well, not well, gonna well, fucking happen this, if you do that's, herd but that's immunity, real if you do herd immunity in the united states if we take that position mm -hmm. two million people by everybody's account this is everybody in the world cdc but are, but are, are those the only two choices on that no, no, I don't know, but I'm just saying that that if you take herd immunity, yeah, just at its core. I'm not talking about if you do things within herd immunity to help, you know, the the spread, not spreading it and whatnot. But the core of herd immunity would be, you know, the the one percent that they're talking about, point one or whatever the infection for death rate is. So that would come out to be about two million people in the United States if we were doing herd immunity. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in killing 2 million people just to say, let's go out and do our lives and let's see who dies and who doesn't die to pass through this. Right. I think there can be coordinated efforts mm -hmm. along the way to help uh, not, not spread this virus and at the same time bring us back into our normal daily lives. And this and volleyball is one of them in particular. There can be precautionary things that have been set up and say, just like wearing a mask and, and going outside is a precautionary thing, that we're suggesting that the government's suggesting and you have to take the personal decision of whether or not you you're going to do it and we would all hope that everybody would do that are now, you going but are, chris i'm going to stop you right there are you suggesting that um this we're only stuck between this dichotomy of herd immunity and and, and waiting for a vaccine no no not at all i think that no what i'm suggesting is that we, we have to find a way in between those two extremes okay and because you know as of and uh, twib says you know we could be uh two to four years away from a uh any sort of uh a vaccination and first of all will the will anybody in the united states take it with everybody saying there's a microchip in it and all this other stuff that's out there that's crazy but besides that um, they are even saying, will it even work? 
we don't even know. Maybe it works quote unquote for like a, a second or two that helps people, but then all of a sudden something else in their body goes because of the, you know, the medication. We don't know. So waiting for a vaccination is, you know, like is crazy. It's, it's not um, a reality. It's not reality, especially when there's no money being pumped in or back to the Americans. I mean, we spent all this money with our taxes and we don't get it back in a time of need. is just absolutely crazy to me. So at least uh, enough time that we can figure out a coordinated effort so that we can say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how it's going to work together. And, you know, so that's just crazy. But back to the sports thing. um, I do believe that we can uh, put, and in life in general, we can put, together plans that will at least help us bring all of us back to a normal society that isn't a herd and it isn't waiting for a vaccine. It's someplace that, that isn't irresponsible, right? You know, and that isn't irresponsible. Now, is it fully uh, responsible to no. do some of these things? I don't think so. You like no. the volleyball tournament. It's Dude, not you get kill walking your dog. What the hell's their levels of responsibility? <laughs> it's, not, it's not fully responsibility, but if you give the, opportunity for people to make a decision with correct guidelines there so that you can minimize the risk for everybody, then I believe that, you know, people have to take the opportunity within their own decision-making of whether or not they're going to go do that. And, and personally, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you personally, I'm not getting on a plane and flying to Florida. I'm not getting on a plane and flying to Texas. I'm not getting on a plane at all. At all, at this point, no way. Not with a mask, not with anything. I'm just not. I like to go to Wisconsin in June because Wisconsin, like Fish Creek, June is the the best. Yo, it's the best place in the world to be in the month of June. It's kayaking, the weather's perfect, sunsets, the pizza. Pizzas, the pizzas is is surge. I'm not not going. It's too bad. Too bad for me. It's going to suck for me. But in Massachusetts on the Cape. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I'm looking at pictures <laughs> like, oh, 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 the beach, oh, you know, and here where the water's fucking freezing, you can't go in. I'm like, oh, so take yeah, me to another love, place. <laughs> I would love to, but I'm making the decision, and maybe that's not the right decision for everybody. I saw one of my friends who fly from California to uh, New York yesterday, and he was, you know, he had all three seats to himself, and you know, he's a young dude. He, brought pot with them about all things and, and edibles and it didn't even get flagged, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, people are making the decisions to do what they need to do and they're making it in a coordinated, uh, you know, uh, educated way as to what's been presented to them as a coordinated effort. You know, the, and, the and, airlines are wearing face yeah. masks and stuff like that. Yeah. They have hand sanitizer they're giving out to people and masks they're giving yeah. out to people. I was supposed to go to New York twice. I didn't go. My father passed away. Couldn't, so, didn't um, go. Yeah, um, the AVP, you know, I was, I'm coaching uh, Rob McLean and, and someone else, um, yes. whoever he plays with. I mean, it'd be nice if Ali Song could get his citizenship because Rob, Rob, Rob would have a partner and now it's, yo, that's it right there. That closes up shop right there. Um, uh, uh, Rob's a promising young athlete, 25, 26 years old. He's amazing. He's, he's basically a longer, leaner Eric Baranek. You, you did a um, great job with them. Who You you uh, coached uh, two of them in that uh, qualifier. That oh, him and Diorora. Yeah, yeah. yeah off, dude. We took first set from Kalinsky and whatever, but, but, but yeah. let me tell you something. Baranek and Bill are very good at adjustments, and yeah. and they had a coach, and they had a coach. So it's like the, I'm like Rob. Joe, Bill was blocking that tournament like I. Never... <laughs> As, they made it to the semis from the qualifier. Ooh, that game against uh, Ricardo and fucking Sean. Yes. Oh, we're sitting next to each other. Oh my God, was that amazing? 
And I have to preface. They, I know it's look, to get to the semis, you have to chop down those trees. They had to beat Ricardo and, and, and Rosie. They, they had to beat so Brunner and Hayden, and they won that 2-0. They had to beat Case Bear and Shock. Uh, so, so, and I mean, and, the, and mind you, this is a goal series. So you have to chop down at oh. least three of those trees just to get to Sunday. <laughs> so unbelievable. But it was a great welcome back for Bill who was on, um, you know, who was exiled for a little bit. And it was a great, uh, it was good for Eric Baranek because he's the best defender no one talks about. No it one is talks about criminal. He's like the street kid from New York. I mean, excuse me, from LA. You know, yeah, Redon, he's Redondo Beach High School kid. Redondo Beach, right? Duncan like Avery coach. Street kids like myself, like you know, that yeah. play in the street and fucking. He's slick. Yeah, he's a, he's like us. Yeah. He's slick. And I'm like, damn, this motherfucker fucking runs. He's chasing down everything, doing really crazy backward fucking hit things like that. And, you know, on some like, Spider Man like, shit. <laughs> they play no, but but now but now he's got a place now. Because when you finish semifinals and in Hawaii, he finished fifth, with, I believe, with, uh, I don't know if it was Bill Billigan or a different partner, but this man, look, this man has paid his dues. He's made the draw, the main draw seven times with six different partners. <laughs> Get on board. <laughs> Get on board, people. You know what I mean? Well, he's training with Andy Banesh now, and I think that's a good, I think Andy yeah. Banesh is a good partner to have because at some partner. point they're just going to keep qualifying until they have points. And when he does that, then he gets that extra day's rest. And now you could train that Wednesday that nice instead of instead of resting that Wednesday. Right yeah. <laughs> but right instead of resting that Wednesday, you could train that Wednesday and then rest that Thursday. And no, then... it makes a difference, man. Not getting to the court at 8 a.m. Uh, and getting to the court for a 10, 30, 11 o'clock start. I had two 10, 30, 11 o'clock starts this past year and it was a world of a difference between getting there at eight o'clock in the morning. No doubt, like a dude. world of a difference. Yeah, so man. that first round by and getting those points, I didn't even realize what it took to get there and what the little in inward snake that you can play within the AVP of getting to the points. And then you get picked up by, hopefully you get picked up by someone who has as much points as you do or more. The point system's so weird. And, and I like you get that by it's yeah. like, you know, and the wild card system is weird. Like how does like, Jeremy Casebeer played with Fenoma One who had like no points and he's in the draw because of a wild card, right? And then, and then, the and then Sarah fight. Hughes. And then Sarah Hughes, right? Sarah yeah. Hughes in Hermosa Beach had more points by herself. I know. To, to, and then she had to qualify with um Bustamante. And uh, I don't, I don't, I, I, and I don't hmm. get how like for Hawaii too, it's like you 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 people didn't want to go unless they had enough points to make it in. Because it was so expensive. I mean, it was really fucking expensive. But Theo Plus, and Hayden had to qualify. So, of, co of course, your dumbass got to qualify. Of course. Well, you know, somewhere I, out I there, Donald's son is like, somewhere out, somewhere out there, Donald's son is looking at him like, Dude, I got just, so just lucky, shake right? So, so Bobby Jones and I are walking down to the court to go practice. You know, we got there two days before because my body blows up when I fly and I'm, I, yeah. my fingers go big and I have a real yeah, problem that's gotten over. And yep. so I need two days for my body to deflate before I can play again. And Bobby uh, and I are walking to the beach from a hotel. We're in Hawaii. It's absolutely gorgeous out. We just can't believe we're there. The smiles are from beyond ear to ear. You know, we're walking. Bobby's like... Holy fucking shit, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He goes, John Hyden just texted me and said, hey, can I come train with you guys? Because Theo's not, he missed his flight. It's not going to be here till later. You Are you guys training and can I come train with you? Yeah. 
I mean, my jaw was on the ground. I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? I'm going to fucking train harder than I'm going to play if I get to fucking train with John Hyden over here. Oh, man. And, then, and the crazy thing, and this is why I tell this story, not because it was really cool and it was awesome. I'm patting myself on the back. Well, there's that too. Fuck it. Yeah, this is awesome. But, I, I'm but, interested. I'm, I'm, go ahead. I'm so glad I went on tour this fucking year and did what I did this past year, especially considering what's happened this year. So the experiences, the people I met, it was just absolutely phenomenal i couldn't i couldn't imagine it would have been that amazing but you did the we, right thing we're you know we went and we, we went for a swim afterwards john me and bobby were all bullshitting about shit it's just epically gorgeous there in hawaii it's crystal clear and and we walk off the beach and we're all town i'm like all right man peace i'm like he's like yo good luck tomorrow i'm like yo thanks a lot man thanks and i'm walking away i'm like wait a second good luck tomorrow you're playing the qualifier yeah. Why do you think Theo wasn't there? My what? guess is Theo arranged his flight because um, like he had to be in a qualifier in Chicago and you figured since you made the draw and maybe you won a couple of games, you'd be all right for Hawaii. And it's not what happened because I think Chicago, there's more, there's more, there's more spots. There's like 24 spots for oh, the yeah, way more spots in yeah. Chicago. They had to play like, I think it was four rounds of the qualifier. Three. three it rounds? was three. Three rounds of the qualifier. Yeah. That's that, come on. That that how does that how do now I get points wise, I get the whole thing, but because it was the, the Hawaii thing, it all became changed because you got your special points with the people that won the gold and then if you got you could win this and that. So it really fucked up things. Yeah, people did. like you know, Ricardo wasn't gonna play with Ty Loomis because he would have had to play through the qualifier with the points because of the, you know, going yeah. into that, which is crazy because they've got a seventh together in Chicago and they never, they never practiced together. I think they practiced like fucking at four hours. Talk day. about Hitman for Hire too, man. Ty Lewis I mean, is awesome. He, you know, and they, they took seventh in a gold series and they, they locked his uh, slick and uh, whoever he was playing with. Um, but it was, and they battled. I mean, they beat Mark Burek and his his partner and Satterfield. Uh, was it Satterfield was, or someone? Yeah, probably. Yeah, or something like that. So, oh, they lost to uh, Case Bear. Um, and but Shulk. it was, you know, and uh, uh, uh however you pronounce his name. Um, awesome. By the way, two awesome guys, and every all these dudes that I met on on tour are just fucking phenomenal people. You know, I, I was just so surprised of how real everybody is. Um, and it was just amazing. And, and I, and I hope that AVP can come back and do something in a coordinated effort, but the only way to do it right now is not to wait for California to say, we're going to open up our beaches because guess what? Just like the last time they might close them again. So then you're playing the, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Just like everybody else in America with and, this fucking virus. But you like, said I was talking about, you said I was know? talking about with individual responsibility. Yeah. They opened the beach back up. And you're one of those freedom and freedom guys. Behave like an adult, or they will be, they will treat you like children. They will send you exactly. back. They will send you back to your room and take your fucking toys away. Exactly. Behave, and, and and if those beaches open back up, let's behave like adults. Hermosa Beach. I can only speak for Hermosa Beach. They're doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. Manhattan That's Beach. Really Manhattan Beach. A lot of them spilled over to Manhattan Avenue, which might entice you to open the beach because the beach has more space for so social distancing yeah, than the strand, about. which is still closed ever well. And which the, the block next to the strand, Hermosa Avenue and Manhattan Avenue and uh -huh. respectively in Manhattan and Hermosa beach. Um, yeah. The beach is going to have more space 
for people to throw footballs and this and that or, or to jog and to move along. So I thought it was very smart. And depending on that's why I said it should be a state and city thing because it is smarter for Manhattan and Hermosa to open the beach. It is smarter. We sure, don't have sure. we they, don't have zombie zombie apocalypses on our beach and, like Florida. And does. What they've done in uh in New York and in Brooklyn and and I don't know if you've seen the pictures they have those circles that are painted on the grass or their uh social distancing circles. In Central Park? And, not in Central Park, Prospect in, Park. in Brooklyn, underneath the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. You know that oh, park? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. To the right of the, if you're looking at the city, the, the, the park. I can't remember the, right. the name, but I definitely get it. Yeah, you um, know what I'm talking about. No, I was born and raised, um, so. Park. It's like Marion Park or something. Anyway, um, the that park has circles. Uh, they're about six feet big, and they're six feet apart from each other uh, on the whole park that have been painted in the park. Now, there are things like that. I'm not, you know, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if everybody in the park's going to be infected if the air gets out and then it breathes through if it's a dead day or what. I don't know. But it seems like those type of, uh, you know, exercises uh, in bringing people back to a normal life can be done. Um, and, it, and again, if there was a coordinated effort, so at the core of it, people could understand just corally. Here is the guide, the seven guidelines we expect. Here's a PPE from our government. Now go to listen to your local authorities of where and when you can and go and not go. That seems like a coordinated effort. But when we're told by the government, you're locked down by us until the 28th of last month. And there are some guidelines, but you don't really have to follow it because we're not making them mandatory and we're not making them states mandatory following the CDC. And we're kind of saying this is going to go away in the summer. And we're kind of saying you can take some different drugs. And we're kind of saying we're kind of saying we're doing this to flatten the curve. Yeah, and we, and we can kind of say, and we can kind of say, that's not a coordinated yeah. effort. A coordinated effort is being a sheep herder and saying, listen, you know, lines in the sand, it starts here, okay? And then there afterwards. And if, if we can pay taxes at a tax rate that's been set up by the government, okay, as a sheeple blanket, they say they're not making us make individual decisions about the, the, our taxes. They don't say, Chris, why don't you tax yourself as you see fit? Right? They don't do that. They no, say you, you actually have to you actually have to fuck. guess the right number you owe them when you go to jail. <laughs> no, no, you need to pay this fucking tax. And if you don't pay it, we know you don't pay it, and we're gonna go and we're gonna go after you to make sure that you paid the right And fucking you tax. have to guess the right number that they already know. They They're already not gonna know. tell you what the number is. You have to guess and if you're wrong, <laughs> you're wrong in trouble. After you. So they still give you they they have a blanket plan. For the whole thing, and just like giving out a PPE to people, here's your PPE, this is what you're supposed to do, and now listen to your local government. We're hoping that just like your taxes, you write down the right information on it, and you wear this properly, and then you submit it to whomever you're submitted to. I've been so proud and embarrassed to be an American. How, how can we not have a coordinated effort like that? How can we hear from the President of the United Thank States? You. That five, four, three, two, one, it'll be over in the next week. We have 10 cases going to one by next week. We've got the best response we've ever had from any country in the world. We've got the best PPE from anybody in the world. Oh, the doctors, even when he had the nurse on nurse's day in his fucking office, and she's like, well, I've been wearing my PPE for like a month and a half, and, you know, I don't see anything wrong with reusing it because we haven't had ability to get new PPE. He's like, oh, that's not the case. I heard we have plenty of PPE. We've got the best PPE. You just happen to be a certain case that's happening. What I say is, but that's 
bullshit. He shut up a lady on nurse fucking National Nurse Day in the fucking Oval Office when she was telling her firsthand account of the fact that she doesn't have the correct per personal PPE to do her job. And he said, shut the fuck up. That's not true. <coughs> That's not what I said. That's not, you're hearing the wrong thing. You're hearing the wrong thing. This is her personal opinion. So how, how can we have a coordinated effort when somebody is up there in the highest regard in the land who we actually, and everybody's going to argue there, we pay this man to be there. And people's like, oh, they don't take his salary. What about his fucking golf outings? Okay. It's cost us fucking what a half a billion don't pay dollars. His salary? This golf. man is in the middle of a four year heist. No. A money. Um, he is pulling a four-year money heist right now. Oh hell yeah, he is. And if you can't understand that, you're a fucking idiot. Um, well, I'm a fucking idiot because I mean I don't understand mathematically how. But yeah, but, no, yeah, me but, neither. You know what I mean? I mean you but I, I, I got a Harvard girl upstairs who can who can who can who can yeah, tell who can tell me how. And, and, and yeah, 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 you can say every administration fleeces the Americans and puts money into programs and to things that they think are fit and that's what this government's doing they're putting their the, our money into programs that they think uh we should spend our money on and at the same time we're not getting it back directly to us as americans in a time of need this is a national crisis it's a pandemic okay a pan fucking demic i can't believe i'm saying these words in my and life chris and they, I don't have the same a, people a who are arguing about how much American money flag on it. Mm -hmm. Like, where's my American flag fucking face mask from my government saying we are the best. What I, I tell you what, this is what I said in the beginning of all this. What I want to hear from my fucking president at a time like this, I want him to get up there and say, listen, you Americans, you're the best people that I know of in the world. Okay. You, you have struggled through world wars. You help every other country out there when needed. You help your fellow Americans when you need it. And you've been paying your taxes your whole fucking life if you've been living here. And we have been using that money to do whatever we do in our job. Now, this is the time that we're going to take the money that you've put in and we're going to start to help Americans at the fucking core, right back to Americans. So listen, as, as president, okay, as president, what I'd like to see is that how much you paid into taxes last year, we're going to send you that plus, plus double in your first check. Okay. At the same time, when that check shows up, you're going to get personal PPE and a little list of un understanding of how you need to use to use that stuff. A check okay. and a "We love you" package. Right. And now, and and then he all he had, and then all they have to do is say, and these are the guidelines that we're going with. Listen, Americans, we want to keep you alive. We're trying the best that we know how to to do that. These are the things that we think are the best things for everybody to do, and then and we're hoping this works over the next couple of months. And and this is your first round. The money that you put in we're going to double it and we're going to send you that tax back uh, a double okay and then every other american that didn't pay taxes last year which is i.e me and a lot of other people that i know excuse me that paid taxes that don't get a stimulus back on the you know type of thing because it's all through my business and whatnot they're like okay you're not going to receive any personal tax back okay because it's all through my business most of my stuff i'm an llc and but everybody else, but everybody has a social security. You're going to get a check that if from to whatever address we have on on record, okay, with your name on it, and we're going to send that to you. And it has to be cashed within a week, and you need proper ID. So how are you going to steal that check from somebody else? 
How are you going to you know, do that? And if you don't have a bank account, well, you're going to have to go sign up for a bank account because you can't cash a check unless you bring it to either a cash checking place or a bank account or any of the, uh, any of the above. And then- But even a check cashing place is going to take a percentage of it. Of course they are. So they're going to make money. The bank's going to make money. And the check, and the check is going to go void in six days if you don't put it in a bank account or if you don't handle it in the proper way. It goes fucking void. And then, and then you don't get sent another one if, yeah. that, if that check goes Thank void. Thank God. If, Thank God it doesn't. Thank God so, it doesn't. No, so, right now, the government checks are, are void after 90 days. 90 as, as days. So, I'm just saying, yeah. it, it, so you, you release the first based on taxes. Mm -hmm. You re release the second, uh, like $1,200. Sure, you're giving people the whole double tax, and you send them a $1,200 check, and you say, okay, listen, this is going to hold over pretty much everybody for the next month and a half, two months, while we figure out what the fuck is going on. And if it doesn't work in those two months, and we haven't gotten to the place, we're not going to reopen the government or the whole fucking uh, country like we did last month on the 28th we're not going to say that we're going to say listen on the 28th we're going to reevaluate what has been going on we're going to have another educated guess on what we can do over the next three to six months and this can continually prepare people so they can fathom it for their own lives so they can bring it into their lives and they can see two months ahead one month ahead here's some money i'm gonna owe this in two months i'm gonna owe this in three months maybe my company will get back up again and then the government then follows it up and says listen if it doesn't happen in those two months we're going to release even more money back to you guys so that we're going to keep the economy going through the banks, through the stimulus, through the things that we're releasing. Yeah, people are like, oh, you're just pumping money and everybody's going to become lazy. What the fuck is unemployment right now? We have Why? Can I ask you a question? Million people on unemployment and they're not receiving their checks. This is the same way of getting a fucking check from the government to keep you, uh, you know, healthy and alive during this period. And that's the coordinated effort I wanted to see from my government. This is the coordinated. That's that's the speech I wanted to see from I, my president. I would like to say, start by saying um, I'm, I'm memorizing this quote because it's going to lead me into what I was going to say. It's a movie, Rambo, First Blood, Part Two, right? Big muscles, do, 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 you know, kill, kill the Russians for America. The one intelligent line I got from just a shoot 'em up movie, and you're going to love this. He says, I want what they want. And every other American who went out there and spilled his guts and gave everything he ever had once for right. our country to love us as much as we love it. And I, that's how I want to start what I'm going to say before what I say next. I will not listen to people that complain about pumping money into something because those people, when it came time to approve the, 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 the defense budget, okay? When it came to Democrats and Republicans voted for this guy, Donald Trump, to pimp our soldiers into Saudi Arabia. Thank you. Thank God for Tulsi Gabbard. Because Tulsi Gabbard, she's, she's on the board of foreign affairs. She's on the board of Homeland Security. She's not just a congressman from Hawaii. She sits on all these boards. And she's the one who brought to my attention that we're sending soldiers to operate under the Saudi prince's command to do, to do whatever he wants at our expense. Did we ask where the money's going to come from? No. Okay. When the banks and Wall Street and all these people had to be bailed out. Trillions of dollars. Did, did those same people that, that complained about pumping money, did they ask how we're going to pay for it? No. Rhetorical question. No, okay? Which leads me to my next two points, and I'm going to be as fast as I can because um, you're my guest, and, and I just want more of you. One, 
I talked about government responsibility. We talked before this podcast. Remember I was talking about like uh, what, what a president does socially and what he does professionally? I don't, he, Trump wants to grab someone by the pussy and she will let you? Good. I don't give a fuck. If this, if Rosie O'Donnell assaults him and he calls Rosie O'Donnell fat, good. I don't give a fuck. If, um... Nancy Pelosi says he's morbidly obese, and he and we and he goes on Twitter right now and calls her a hag. Good, you you should you could take you could dish it, you could take it. I don't care what this man does in his personal life. Just like Bill Clinton getting his PP sucked in the Oval Office, the question back then was, how does this? What does this have to do with his job? I asked the same question. What does this have to do with his job? I will insult that man professionally. There's a bunch of things I could say personally, which steers people away from the real conversation. It's all a big fucking distraction. Hold on, hold on. Um, so, I, what does this have to do with his job? All I care is about this man doing his job. He is not doing his job. And I'll say that in short, which leads me to my second point. We were talking about who we're going to vote for in the election. There are some people that are going to vote for Biden and there's some people that are going to st- st- stick with Trump. I'm not going to call them dummies because there's a, a large number of people that got left out in the cold by Obama for straight eight, eight straight years and they're not racist They're not stupid. They're just, they just think Trump is their best shot, okay? I will only say this about Joe Biden. Four years ago, he's my man. Now, he's suffering from dementia. Every fucking video you watch, his mental faculties are deteriorating. All right? He is losing his mind, and they have every right to call him Crazy Joe, even though just like Danny Crane from the show um, Boston Legal, I think he does one thing better. (laughs) He lost his mind or everything else, but the one thing he does well, like Danny Crane, the only thing he does well is practice law. I think Joe Joe Biden still does that. He he might not even make it through the four years if he gets elected. But to some people, logically and reasonably, even a demented Joe Biden, even a, a, a lost his mind crazy Joe is still going to be, be better than Donald Trump. I'm not saying that's my vote, but all I'm trying to say is I'm not going to argue with the people that say even offering this man up on a fucking drumstick, on a, on a, on a dementia drumstick is still better than what we have in office right now. Um, lastly, and the floor is going to be yours in a minute, for the people out there who are undecided voters who, by the way, represent 43% of our nation. of our nation are undecided. I want to send a message to you for those of you that listen to this freaking uh, um, podcast this long. The people that are all the way over here, Chris, and the people that are all the way over there are going to try to make you feel like you're alone. They're going to gaslight you. They're going to call you fence sitters. They're going to call you names. They're going to they're going to talk about how dumb you are because you have your own opinion. And I will say this to you. We are not alone. Just because there's not a fucking channel, a TV channel that represents your feelings for the people who like their guns and their gay people, for the people who fucking want the government to spend a little less money and at the same time agree with same-sex marriages. That is the majority of the country. You, my people, are not alone. Stay vigilant. Stick it out because I'm with you. This man right here, he's with you. Floor's yours. Okay. One thing I want to say is I've hung out with Trump. I've hung out with his daughter. Ivanka? Yep. Okay. Ivanka. Ivanka. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I got fucking kids. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I hung out with his sons. And I say hang out because I used to bartend in the Hamptons. And they were at the, the club every single Friday and Saturday night and they would be at my bar standing there for 20 minutes at a time doing shots and I would talk to them back and forth and, you know, back and forth between a bartender. I remember one time in particular, uh, Ivanka bought five shots for, uh, I think it was Kushner and his boys and they were all in suits. It's pretty funny. And she came up and she bought the shots and I was like, 
I was like, you know, you, 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 and you are a bunch of losers. This girl is so beautiful. Why is she buying her own shots? You all shots for you guys. You should be buying her shots. Oh. And I grab and I grabbed the credit card from her, and I didn't know who, who she was. She was just another you know girl in the Hamptons, socialite type of uh, person. And I grabbed it and I walked over to, to where you're supposed to run it through. And back in the day, you had to write it, the yeah. information down yeah. twice yeah. so that you had a hard and, copy. And then shikashun. Yeah, and then and then run it through. And I remember writing her name down, Ivanka, and then I hit Trump. And by the time I hit P, I was like, oh, my God, it's Ivanka Trump. And then I'm like, wait a second, her father's bankrupt. I'm like, is this credit card even going to run? You know, I thought Stop. to myself. Oh, my so, God. All right. <laughs> Stop it. Go ahead. No, I don't mean stop it. Those are the thoughts that went through my my head. I'm like, fuck it. Let's see if it runs anyway. She owes us money. You know, and then I went, and she wasn't of age at the time. So when I asked her for, you know, ID along with the credit card, she was freaking out. She's like, oh, I think she was underage at the time. So uh, looking back and thinking about what happened in the exchange. So I, I, you know, I was in this, and then uh, Donald himself uh, with his wife, Melania, uh, they were at the Trump model party at Pangea uh, Club in New York, which is right next to Joe's Pub on the Lower East Side. And uh, yeah. and I was there uh, at Bruno uh, Cardinale, uh, one of my best friends, who was the uh, general manager at the Underbar for the W Hotel for the Gerber Group's uh, establishments, had a table there and was promoting, and he was sitting next to Donald Trump. So we shared the table with Donald Trump, Melania, and two other of the uh, model girls from uh, Trump Model Party for the Trump Model Party event. And Jason Olive, J.O., was there. Um, actually, he was modeling in the city, and he was up at the bar. And we, we bullshitted with each other a little bit, which I reminded of him during one of our rants. Cool, cool dude. Yeah, he's he's fucking amazing, by the way. Um, so uh, we, I'm sitting there next to Donald, and there is a, our our table's kind of shaped in a in a little bit of a U, and then between one side of the U, there's a uh, a pole that is a you know a structural pole that holds up the the ceiling, and there's a pinch area about a foot and a half between the pole and the edge of the seat that people are trying to get through, but it's really congested and it's really annoying, and you're constantly trying to shift out of the way at the table because of this pinch spot. Well, about 40 minutes into the the night, Donald Trump moved himself into the pinch spot um, and took the pinch spot seat, and uh, what he did. Uh, for about an hour and a half to two hours afterwards made me feel so disgusted that I actually left his the, the, the table and all these other model girls that are sitting there and like, you know, people like, why the fuck would you leave a, you know, a table full of alcohol that's free and a bunch of girls sitting there with Donald Trump at the table. And I was so disgusted because every time uh, an attractive woman uh, or girl uh, walked by uh, into the pinch spot, he would stand up and he'd put his dick into the girl and uh, and literally like shuffle her by like this as the girl walked by, um, literally putting himself on the pinch spot so that they would rub up against his cock every single time uh, they walked by. And I, after like the, you know, like the, the fifth time you're like, is he really doing that? I'm like, is he really being that disgusting or is he just like, you know, happen to be standing? And, and someone, does someone and, actually think that's fun five times? Then, well, well, first of all, why would you do that? You have, do you a, think it's a, fun a once? Do you have a lady that's potentially going to be your wife sitting here that you're obviously dating at the time? You're, you know, the head of a modeling agency at a model party and you're now 
in the pinch spot to put your dick in the girls that go by. You know, that I, I was just so appalled by that. Now, this is way back before he was even a president or anything. You know, he was just the clown of New York that we all knew him, you know, just like a, a, car, a cartoon character is what uh, Bruno, uh, you know, represented him as he was a New York cartoon character. Everybody was like, he's a cartoon. Um, now fast forward. Um, and cause people think I'm like, I hate Trump and I'm, I'm only democratic and I hate Republicans. No, I was in Martha's Vineyard, uh, at one of my billionaire friends homes and I was out there for the weekend and I was invited to go, uh, fly fishing with Obama, uh, my friend and myself and the secret service as well. Obama was president of the United States. I said, no, I should have said yes. What an idiot I am because I wish I had met him in person because what I believed, what I saw him, believed him to be afterwards and, and, and after years. If you, of if you think Clinton and Bush are charismatic. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm so stupid for not going to that at the time and meeting him in person and really getting a, a sense of world that this man would give to me in his position and power uh, and, and, you know, and probably a blanket of hope or, or understanding that goes along with that. And I, I'm really pissed that I didn't do that. But I said no at the time because I, I liked him, but I didn't really like him that much. I wasn't really that much of a fan of him. I thought he was really smart and he was yeah. doing some good things. But I wasn't like this big, huge fan of Obama. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's just yeah. not the president. No, but you, you know? don't like or hate him. It wasn't like exactly you, you picked a side on personal feelings. Yeah. But I, I want people to understand that. Like, yeah. I did not take the opportunity to go privately fishing with Barack Obama, okay, on Martha's Vineyard in the most secluded, wealthy, white, aristocratic fucking area in, in Massachusetts. Well, those I, are all the reasons you need to not want to go. Part, part of the reason why I didn't go. But besides the fact that, you know, I didn't take that opportunity because I made a personal decision about what I felt about a person and, and what I've seen, you know, their reflection of. And so I won't hang out with Trump personally. OK, um, I didn't want to hang out with Obama personally, um, but I listen to everything that everybody's doing politically. OK, and and I don't dismay them because of my personal opinions about them they're an elected official office and they need they have a job to do exactly and, and my opinions on the job that they're doing if i'm expected to do my job then and i say it to my employees too if i if i hire you i expect you to do your job if you don't do your job and i have to do your job for you why the hell am i paying you while i'm doing your job for you I said, if that ever happens, you're not going to have a job anymore because if I'm going to do your job for you, I'm going to do it for me and I'm going to pay me. That's bad business. Yeah, but it's so bad why, business to why do would some... I do your job for you. I'm okay. paying you to do the mm -hmm. job. Same thing with the president. We're paying him, quote unquote, uh, by paying for his lifestyle of uh, golf and all this stuff, you know, half a billion dollars in his presidency to go play golf on our dime, which is absolutely crazy. And honestly, but, I say golf away if you do your job. It'd be, honestly, you it'd be, job, no it'd be problem, right, you know, <laughs> I mean, some people still have a problem with that anyway, but, but. I, I'm like golf away if you if you freaking look, I don't care if you play golf. No. Yeah, look out the look out bit. for the interest of the American people. He went a little. He's gone a little overboard in his golf game. But that's why I'm like, who cares? Remember we were talking about? Oh, he doesn't take a salary. I'm like, dude, shut up. It's a four year heist. <laughs> exactly. It's a twelve four. So back to everything that's going on. It's just like I. What I president? Just, what president I, left when he's broker? Come left left the office broker. None of them. Sorry, Chris. I, you had a flow. 
and I and I agree. And it's just like, and I and I and I don't I don't want to bash Donald Trump. To be honest, I'm an American. I want my president to be doing the best thing for Americans at all times. Yep. I just don't believe that's what's going on right now. Nope. From what I see in his policy, as well as from what I see on a stage of a national stage during a pan fucking demic and this guy is playing with our lives by telling us oh five four three two one and then of course people are argument the other argument is well that's what everybody was saying it was going to go away okay fine everybody was saying in the beginning that it was going to go away because no one had the any idea but the minute that we figured out that it wasn't fucking going away and that we have over ninety thousand people dead in the united states right now this motherfucker should have been doing his goddamn fucking job and changed his tune and put something out to fucking help americans and if you don't believe that if you believe that he is helping americans after this fucking three months after five, four, three, two, one is going to be gone. And then he all of a sudden shifted his gears by doing a national lockdown and da, da, da. No, he has not. He has done the bare minimum that was expected of him to do in this situation. He needed to go over and above and beyond because of the position that he is not only as a United States leader, but as a fucking world leader. Okay. And he doesn't, he, he's, he's, he's touting fucking uh, chemicals that you're not supposed to put in your body. The FDA even puts out on their uh, site that you're not supposed to put this fucking uh, uh, medicine into your body without uh, some sort of a, a even, even the FDA, <laughs> even the FDA puts this out there. And by the way, that was a study that was funded by his fucking, his cabinet. Okay. They funded, they half funded the fucking study. This is not to take this shit. And he's out there like, I, everybody else should take it. I mean, what the hell? I, go for it. Why not? I mean, come on. That's not a coordinated of it. That's a fucking asshole telling you to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, you take the purple pill. You won't fucking, you drink the purple Kool-Aid. You won't fucking die. Trust me, tomorrow we'll be in heaven. It's like the guy down there that did that in Mexico to all the fucking people when he took them to their fucking, into his camp under religion. It's the same sort of shit. If you believe in his religion and you're saying, and you're listening to him and you're saying, go take the fucking purple pill and you'll be fine. And you end up fucking dying from it. Now, there's another thing I wanted to put on this, on this point that it, and it's not, and, and, it, and it reverts back from this to the people that are actually uh, not listening to what's going on and, or, Listening to him say, yeah, I think everybody should open up. Oh, should you cautiously, but open up, which is sparking people just to go open up. There, there On the news yesterday, there was uh, uh, a, a religious order in, I think it was North Carolina. I don't want to be wrong by saying the different state, but uh, one of the southern eastern states. And they have 68 people in their parish or something like that. They decided not to close during the lockdown. It was a husband and wife duo. Uh, they both got covid um, they infected uh, thirty plus people in their in their in their, in their um, church congregation. Group, yeah, parish, and whatever. two and two people died because of that. I believe that's manslaughter. Yeah. Yep. I so would, how would come agree? they're not in jail? How come they're not in jail? How come the people that uh, opened up their churches and infected people and killed people with with a government order? in line how come they are not in jail right now um i think it depends on who the da is the da can take reckless endangerment um i don't know how far that transcends the felony murder yeah it's not indirectly it's directly killing premeditated not premeditated because those people volunteered to come 
No, it was premeditated because they put the, the we're opening during this on Sunday at seven o'clock. Show up and we'll teach you how to l learn to love God. So it's premeditated. They're saying, come on in here. And uh, even though they don't know if they're infected or not infected because they haven't gotten tested and whatnot and they feel fine. That's a premeditated thing. You know, the government. No, it, it isn't premeditated because they're they're because premeditated is murder, murder with intent. I, I want to make this very clear and I'm going to push well, back. Intent, I'm going to push though. back a little bit. Um, uh, if murder, the government says mm -hmm. to close down and you don't close down, you are purposely opening up with the possibility that has been put forth by the government that you will infect other people and kill them possibility now yes. likelihood is another thing um definitive wow. is another thing that's why sure. it's not murder with intent their intention was to spread a word of god as a result people died people died from that so it's not murder Agreed. one it's not I, murder I one and, and any Agreed. da any da because my mom worked in a, a paul weiss for 32 okay, so years what murder would it be please as you see and this is where i, I would say I voluntary manslaughter I'd say I voluntary manslaughter, and I think someone should go to jail for like 10 to 15 years for that. Okay, so that's what, involuntary manslaughter, thank voluntary, you Voluntary, not involuntary, voluntary. Yeah, vol voluntary, yeah. okay, thank you very much for correcting me. Like if someone really, like if a DA really wanted to go after him and, and, and F him in the butt, voluntary manslaughter, probably charge him with a whole tr truckload, but try to get him to plead out to involuntary. Right. Okay. Try to get okay. them to plead out to involuntary three years. They'll be home yeah. in six months. They'll miss a hockey season, you know, uh, for murder, for, 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 this is no, but this is your level of frustration. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you get for a murder for what we, what we may perceive to be a murder rap. You know, you, you a little bit more than me, but I'm not running the other way on what you're talking about. I'm no, totally, I'm not saying, I'm totally I'm not. not. Saying this is all absolute. Yeah. Everybody's going to jump all over yeah. me and be like, oh, ships is just about No, we're religion. talking. It's a fucking yeah, podcast. <laughs> Just to preface this also, people know that out there, my father was very religious. I grew up extremely religious. Holy I was roller. an altar boy. I was a choir uh, boy. Um, I grew up an Episcopalian, although my mom was Catholic originally. What, and do, my you, father was what do you think I got my singing voice from? Uh, exactly. And I got, and my father was a, a Christian uh, dean and provost and vice president of different Christian universities. He spread the gospel to other countries and he opened up uh, universities, Christian universities in China and other places around the uh, the world to spread the gospel of the, of the Lord. Now, I am God bless. versed in this and I, I can go on and on and on for hours of it. And I'm not yeah. hiding behind religion or trying to use religion as a. I I'm get it. Yep. For the people. People listening, they got they got to get that because because yeah, no because there's two of you. Like I want you to picture a church where people are dancing up in the aisles, doing with their hands in the air, get rupture in their body, or the Holy Spirit doing cartwheels. That was my church. Oh, <laughs> that was my church, and that was you want to talk about religious or like fire and brimstone. Like if you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, you going to hell. <laughs> That, that was day. my church. Yeah, my <laughs> that, grandmother was Southern Baptist. I had to point that out because we got about yeah. four minutes left in the podcast. Okay. If we, if look, if we go further, I just put in the new SSD card. <laughs> this SSD card holds two hours twenty six minutes. Four. I got to get down. I got to pay my staff. I got. Uh, yeah. But before I go, there's something I, I want to plug in. Much marijuana. Oh my god. Go my store. Um, right now. Yes. Before yeah. we go, though, I want to leave just enough time because I want to do this every every episode that I can on sports. Wow. Jeez. You think I was kidding. That ain't broccoli. That ain't <laughs> that's, that's broccoli, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like Yo, this. we got 21 comments on the Facebook thing, and I don't I haven't read them yet, but I know. Well, they I must, haven't even looked at that. They I must be lighting up right now. That. 
Hold on, I'll just keep on piling them up. Yeah. Until you can't see me no more. We'll end it with a lot of weed. Nice. I want to end it. uh, 20 second thing. Boycott Mizuno. You know why. Yes, I know why. I completely agree with you. I think anybody that does anything to anybody in a manner that is not uh, asked for by that person should be put away. Every single episode until somebody steps two. Every, I have Sports Debate Tuesday and I have my podcast. This is episode 34. That's you, my man. But but every episode, boycott Mizuno until, until they step two. Step two, come publicly and, and talk about, oh, my God. Look at you. My man, business is a booming. I own a dispensary every day, all day. What can you do? Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this. Tell them, tell them how people can reach out to you. Uh, plug, uh, plug in, plug in a site, plug in a link. Um, um, people could reach out. They want to know more about Chris. Uh, you know Chips. how they can they reach out know to about- by listening and learning about TWIV, T-W-I-V, which is This Week in Virology, mm-hmm. uh, which is on Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, iTunes, iTunes. Uh, Sp- iTunes. Yep. It's all over the place. That's if you really want to reach TWIV, me. people, This then- Week in Virology. Yeah, listen to one of their podcasts and then contact me because uh, I'm so inundated with people as I put up uh, truthful information. Uh, that, but, Chris, you know, I, but Chris, you have you're providing a service. People should be be able to know what site and how to get with you in providing your service to okay. humanity. Tell them, plug well, it in. I'm on, all right, I'm on Facebook. And Chris Ships, uh, and I'm on Instagram, Chris Ships also. Just reach out to me that way. I have Otis Collective Dispensary. That's what I That's own. what I, I was talking about. One. Another one. What the hell you just... think I've been getting? I ain't talking about BVN. I'm talking about you. All right. Otis Collective. I hate to talk about myself. I, I like to bash other people. That's... Um, so uh, Otis Collective <laughs> Dispensary is uh, my dispensary. I own it. I've owned it for the past almost four years now. Um, I have another one that's about to open. Salmon River Collective Dispensary. Um, that's an announcement that no one really knows about, but I've been working on that for over four years now. Um, well, about three, almost four years I've been working on it. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm about to launch Cali Bear uh, CBD, which is at calibear.life. You cannot get in touch with me uh, through that uh, website or anything. It's just uh, another product. That, and we're about to do a friends and family launch. We'll be giving away our friends and family coupons. So anybody that's having any ailments right now with any pain, uh, CBD can really help. And we need to do a whole nother episode on that and just the benefits and this and that. But I want to let everybody know for everybody at home, uh, this is episode 34. And for Chris Ships, who is glad to join me now, he's going to join us again soon. I am Jason DeBeas, and I'm going to say hit my ending. So long. See you. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear. Jason, that was fucking awesome.